If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not so great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's the podcast? At Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. And our friends really friends. If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I'm joined by Sif Pop writer Joe. Hey, everyone. We write for SifPop.com, providing you with movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie-related articles, so make sure you check out the website SifPop.com to keep up with those. On today's show, we're going to talk about a coming attraction. We'll talk about uh, a movie coming out soon called Vanquish. It's coming out on April 16th in theaters. Uh, then uh, when we're done talking about that, we'll talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League, and you know that'll take uh, quite a while for us to do. And uh, <laughs> that'll be the bulk of today's show. Uh, we'll be spoiling that, by the way, uh, full-on spoilers for that. Uh, but because of the second week of the month, you know, with comic books, that's why we're why we're doing that. Then we'll explore the B-plot. Uh, we'll answer a question uh, that I devised uh, for us in relation to Zack Snyder's Justice League. And we'll wrap up with a spinoff, a uh, quick recommender award from each one of us. But first, let's get a chance to know our writer this week. Uh, Joe, you've been on the show several times, so I've got to ask you the typical questions. And uh, I'm curious, I don't think I've gotten to ask you this one yet, but uh, what, what's your kind of music my kind of music um i'm kind of a music fan in general uh i typically like to dabble in everything but if i had to pick one music it'd probably be um probably be r&b i love r&b um huge fan of it all right uh, but like i said i dabbled a lot of stuff like i like grunge I like all the stuff uh right now i'm listening to a lot of like sure. chill wave when i run um but yeah but typically like i like everything except for country i can't stand it it's not my thing yeah, if you have to like pick an era of R and B, like you go in like '90s, you go in like early 2000s, like like maybe like an artist. Uh, I, I like a lot of '80s stuff because it has like a lot of like texture to it. Um, it's kind of synthy okay. at times too. Um, but like I think every era of R and B, I actually really enjoy like the you know, the '60s, the '70s, you know, all the way till till present. It's a, it's a great genre. There's sure. a lot you could do. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I'm I'm pretty much a mixed bag like you, except I hate country as well. Um, and uh, I, oh, yes. <laughs> for the most part, just like um, uh, like punk rock, like early two thousands punk rock is really my thing. Like Blink One Eighty Two and um, um, kind of that like Angels and Airwaves era. Uh, that's really my sweet spot. Uh, I love really any sort of alternative. Um, it, like modern day artist i've been really 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 into grandson um just i've talked about him before on the podcast he's just really love his his music um uh, also you know metalhead too like august burns red we came as romans um bear tooth stuff like that so um nice yeah, yeah it's, i think it's good to have a diverse like love of music or just anything in general just so you get a little little flavor of everything yeah, and like I think that there's merits for everything. You know, I think that the instrumentals are doing some really insane stuff in in metalcore, but also like I, I just love the angst of punk rock and and grunge and stuff like that. And 
who doesn't love a good bop every now and then, you know, top 40 pop song and mm-hmm. um, it's con- con- every country song is the same. Uh, just replace yeah. tractor with truck or dog. I've tried. I can't get on board. Tractor with truck, <laughs> tractor with truck or girl or dog, I guess. Um, yeah. It's drinking a, drinking a, yeah. a Bud Light or a Budweiser <laughs> in your pickup truck. <laughs> Always. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Yeah. So, um, so then the other question I have for you is we don't really get to talk about game shows terribly often, uh, but like, do you have one that's like one of your favorites? Like one that you always like watch, uh, or like with dinner or one that you always watch with your wife or one that you just like grew up watching a bunch? Uh, I think my, my favorite probably all time game show was probably supermarket sweep. Uh, because it, it wasn't, okay. like, super competitive, and it's kind of silly. And you basically just run around the shopping mart and, like, picking sure. up, like, high-valued items, like, for the third uh, round of the game. And I think that was always the funnest part of it. Like, pick up huge props and put them in their, you know, carts. Uh, I don't know. I just found it like, really hyper-entertaining. Uh, yeah, I think that's my was my go-to. Uh, but yeah, everyone likes the classic, so, you know, your Wheel of Fortunes, you know, your, your Jeopardy. But, yeah, that was my thing was supermarket sweet <laughs> sure i i remember watching a lot of supermarket sweet as a as a kid um i liked that initial run in the early 2000s i think probably the one that i've seen the most episodes of our family feud uh and kind of both the uh, richard karn and um uh steve harvey era kind of both uh both of those eras kind of overlapping between you know super young and then high school we watched it was on pretty much every night that we ate dinner because it was on at like five and five thirty on like Ion Television or something like that, and uh, so we'd watch it pretty much every night. Um, it's it's a fun one to like play along to um, with your family. Exactly. So, um, I feel like that's the one I've probably seen the most, but I I really love The Price Is Right. It's just it's on at ten o'clock on weekday mornings. <laughs> I mean, like, I have a job with flexibility that I can watch that, but, like, I never think about watching a game show at 10 o'clock on a weekday morning. And uh, Most people don't. Yeah, the, unless you're, yeah, unless there you're is a difference home. between, yeah. right, there is a difference between <laughs> um, Bob Barker, Andrew Carey, but I don't mind Drew Carey. It's just, you know, Bob Barker is a living legend. Yeah, he's a, he's like a national treasure in that respect as far as yeah, game shows sure. go. For sure. Um, so... Cool. And then I have one more uh, silly question for you, a random question for you, and that is that I want to ask you if you have the choice between unlimited sushi or unlimited tacos for the rest of your life, which one are you picking? Oh, geez. That's that's a tough one. That really is tough. I'm going to be rocking a park place. I'm from California, so I think I have to go with tacos. <laughs> I'm going to have to. Like, okay. I think they would just take my California car. They would just kick me out of the state, so <laughs> I think I'd have to go with tacos. I love yeah. sushi, though. Can't get sure. I, so I feel like a lot of people. This is an easy question if you don't like sushi. Um, but I love I, it. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gonna pick sushi actually. Um, I, now I'm kind of like a basic. I love um, California rolls, um, Philadelphia rolls, cream cheese, stuff like that. Um, uh, I I really love my favorite is this one um, that they have um, here in Iowa. It's called a Hawkeye roll, but I, I'm pretty sure it's just a Las Vegas roll. They just changed the name of it. So it's, a cool name. it's like a it's, it's it's fried fried tempura um with eel sauce and like a couple other things in it. It's just everything about it works so good together. I really love um I really love like Las Vegas rolls. Um it's just they're typically kind of pricier. So uh I mean I, I so I feel like sushi for two reasons. One is they're they're pricier. 
Like tacos are like what sixty nine cents at some places. I so, I was going to say that I was like you're going to save a lot of money at least. <laughs> yeah, and like I also feel like I could eat more sushi before I'd be full versus tacos uh, because sushi is a little bit smaller quantity. You know, it's got a lot of a lot of rice. I feel I also feel like in general healthier. I'm trying to eat a little healthy, but you know this is a dream scenario, so I'm not uh, I'm not going to take that too much into account. But the, the the real kicker for me why I pick sushi is is just the variety. I mean like. Tacos, you got soft or hard shell. Does it have tomatoes? Does it not? Does it have sour cream? Does it not? What kind of cheese is on it? What kind of meat is it seasoned? You know, like a couple things, but ultimately you got meat, cheese, tomato, sour cream on a soft or on a flour or corn tortilla. But like there are so many different varieties of sushi. Like I feel like I could even eat sushi every day for the rest of my life and be fine. So. I think I could probably eat both of them for the rest of my life and I'd be fine. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> but I, I, I think just, the thing with tacos too is that like there's so many different types of tacos, you know what I mean? Like I from mean, different yeah, you regions can, and like you can have like Baja tacos, and you can have fish tacos, and you could have, you know, chicken tacos. I I feel like I just feel like there's a lot more variety with sushi. I I guess I didn't take that that equation in there. I guess you could like, spaghetti tacos if you want to go full like Harley. Tacos could go so right or so wrong depending on who is uh, the person making them. But That's yeah, right. I, I, I totally get it though. The, the the sheer variety of things you could eat in sushi is just like, it's mind blowing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, that'll do it for for that. We'll get on to moving in the coming moving along to the coming attraction in just a second. But I wanted to give a quick reminder about the Sposkers. Number one is that on the website sifpop.com, you can go there, check it out. There's a tab called the Sposkers. Click on that, and there's a Google form that'll take you where you get to predict the Oscars uh, and what you think is going to win each category. And then um, there's a prize for whoever winds up winning. We're competing with everybody. Anybody's allowed to enter. Um, just enter once. You know that'd be that'd be cool. Just do the once. Uh, but go to sifpop.com, register for the Sposkers. Uh, and, and play along with us on the Oscars night, play along with the leaderboard, things like that, as well as there will be a live stream from Aaron and Andrew and a couple other Sif Pop writers uh, chiming in, um, in uh, during a live broadcast on uh, the Oscar night, which is April 25th. I'm pretty sure I always forget to, to actually be looking at my calendar. Uh, April 25th, yeah. Uh, I think it's at 5 o'clock p.m. So the... Um, Sposkers will be at that time on the Sip Pop YouTube channel. They'll be going live. Uh, it's a good time. Follow along. Um, it'll be like watching the Oscars with a bunch of your friends. So uh, there's your there's your plugs for that. Also, the day before the Oscars, I'll be releasing an episode with Shane and Alice that we will be re-awarding the 2020 Oscars uh, because now that we're a year removed, we want to reevaluate those and see were the right awards given and. Um, We'll we'll make that a yearly tradition. So the night before the Oscars, check here in your podcast feed. There will be another episode uh, for you to check out. So that's all the plugs that I got for now. Uh, we'll move on to talk about our coming attraction. We'll talk about Vanquish here. Vanquish is a movie coming out on April 16th. This is, a, I'm pretty sure, theaters only. I never got any hint that this is paid video on demand, or this is definitely not going straight to a streaming service. But um, well, this is, uh, synopsis is... A mother, Victoria, is trying to put her dark past as a Russian drug courier behind her. But retired cop Damon forces Victoria to do his bidding by holding her daughter hostage. Joe, we uh, we both got to take a look at this. Um, and what I w- I'm wondering, what are your initial thoughts about this movie? Are you going to catch it opening weekend, wait for a discount night, wait to rent it at home, wait till it's on the streaming service you already paid for, or are you just not interested in seeing this movie? Uh, I'm just not interested. Uh <laughs> 
yeah. it wasn't a very good trailer. Um, I think overall, I think the idea they're going for in the premise has been done better in other films with more style, more substance. Um, to have a movie with no style and no substance, there's really nothing to really fall back on. Um, sure. I don't, I don't think Ruby Rose is the greatest actor, and it looks like Morgan Freeman is just waiting to collect the paycheck. That's what I got, really. Um, I'll, I'll hand it over to you to get, get, get some of your thoughts as well. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna also gonna go with not interested in seeing this movie, and that's a rarity for me because I feel like if it's on a streaming service, you already pay for. Like, I mean, really, how bad can it be? Uh, you know, like what? What's the worst you could do? You know, like, but gosh, most movies, even movies that I hate, like if they're still like on, a, if I'm not paying any extra for them, like really, what's the harm that does? But you're right this lacks style this lacks, sub, this lacks substance um i'm also not really a fan of ruby rose i don't understand why people are she kind of came out of nowhere uh on orange is the new black season three and I, that's about the only role i've liked her in and even then it was like like it wasn't love but i just re- remember she was apparently a big star and that show came out and i'm like why is she a star and then she just seemingly got every role you know like we were talking about um the John Wick too. She's she's fine in. Um, she's not. She's not even close to the top ten. Great things about that movie. Um, yeah, not not even close. <laughs> I mean, she was on the Batwoman for a season, and I'm not interested in seeing that show at all. Um, and then you know some of the other crossover shows. She's in Pitch Perfect three, which like not many great things uh, about <laughs> about that one. Um, Resident Evil, the final chapter, Triple X, Return of Jedi. She's fine in the Meg, I guess, but she's not the thing that makes that thing good. It's it's just that that movie's fun. Um, I haven't so, seen it. I'll have to give it a try. It's it's not bad, honestly. <laughs> I think I just watched it on HBO when it was on HBO or something like that, and it wasn't bad at all. Um, mm-hmm. Really enjoyed it, actually. But uh, um, I don't really know what else I want to say, like or where I want to go next. This this. The, uh, I'll say two things first. Then is that this movie feels like if you take wannabe John Wick, and you mix it with like the plot of co- Collateral, and like literally any mother's child is held hostage, like that's all you're getting at this. It's it's like you said. I've seen this before. Uh, I haven't seen necessarily this combination, at least off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is definitely going to try to capitalize on that John Wick, uh, Atomic Blonde, even recently Nobody, kind of trying to ride that wave. Uh, for the box office and Ruby Rose's popularity. Um, it's, you know, it's trying to copy the plot of collateral in a lot of ways. And it's trying to just be a little bit sentimental. At least I don't think any of it's working. Um, and the other thing I'll say is just this movie immediately had me at least in rent at home. As soon as it said from the writers of bad boys. And I'm like, well, <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah. Sums it up. Yeah. What uh, what else do you want to say about this? Uh, <clears throat> I feel like it's very reminiscent of like the Olympus series in some respects, but at least the Olympus series, like th- there's some fun to be had there. You know what I mean? It's kind of like tongue in cheek um, in some respects, not, not great films, but at least they kind of are leaning more into the absurdity. Whereas this seems like it's taking itself really seriously. And I'm like, I, I just can't. Um, like you said, it's funny that you mentioned that it felt like collateral. The film stock looked like collateral, but it seemed like they did it for no good purpose but to 
to just mock a style. Like there really wasn't anything behind it. Whereas like Collateral is like very purposely done the way it is to feel more gritty. It's a Michael Mann film. But like, yeah, this, this movie has, yeah uh, has really nothing that I can grab onto. Like even Morgan Freeman, I was like, it doesn't look like he wants to be here. It looks like he's going to have a stand in for about 98% of this movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, just, Overall, it's not a stimulating movie. It doesn't look fun either, like not like cheesy fun. It has like nothing really going for it. Yeah, well, and that's a good point is that like if this movie were looking like it was going to have some fun, then fine. But this is going for like as serious as John Wick. And I'd 100% rather watch John Wick or Atomic Blonde or you know, yeah. any any other one of these these pretty decent you know, spinoff movies. But but even John Wick like and knows he, when to tell a joke or two, you know what I mean, or like ease tension or like yeah, it's done subtly or like to have a good. fight sequence that is just so ridiculous that you, you <laughs> yeah. can't help but giggle, like yeah. like riding a horse down the middle of New York City in you know, midnight. So um, memorable set pieces. This movie know, does uh, not look like it, it has them. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and like you mentioned. Oh, here we go. We'll we'll combine Fate of the Furious because there's a baby held hostage in that one. How about that? That that'll be our third piece. <laughs> I, I haven't even seen that movie, but that uh, probably is already a better movie than this. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you're absolutely right about this too. Is that uh, Morgan Freeman? Just, I mean, he's pretty open book about this at this point. He's just like, yeah, I'll try. I'll take I'll take roles that pay me. Um, that, you know, this this looks like they wanted a star in their movie besides Ruby Rose. And they're like, who can we get in? And like Morgan Freeman. And it's like, all right, well, you know, let's give him something to do. And the writer was like, nah, let's, let's just, let's just have Morgan Freeman be this stock guy. That's just gonna, you know, phone it in for a paycheck. And I mean, the dudes earned it, you know, like, yeah. No, oh, check okay. I'll, I'll yeah, he's, got his, he's got his <laughs> yeah. Oscars. He's got his prestige. He's clearly going down as one of the greatest actors of all time. And, and he's in yep. one of the greatest films of all time, and he's like the greatest narrator of all time. And that's like absolutely that's crazy to think about that of, of all the possibilities and all the people. You're the best at this one thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he, you know, he he can just do what he wants, and and we just have to be okay with that. Um, and then you got I'm Ruby okay Rose, and again, we both have said that who really cares? Um, I I don't see the appeal for her about I mean, really anything. Um, and definitely not like leading person material. She hasn't gotten too much chance to lead except for the Batwoman show. Like she's always been a pretty supporting character. And it's like maybe maybe for a supporting or a cameo or something. Something about the screen time that she has in John Wick Chapter 2. Like that's, that's really about as much as I want for her. And then um, a bunch of no-namers and Patrick Muldoon. And who cares about Patrick Muldoon anymore? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, not, a it's a it's a hard sell. It's a very hard sell. Yeah, uh, this entire film. Yeah, and, and to top it off, we got George Gallo writing and directing this. There, the uh, another person helping with the story. But uh, let's see, George Gallo. Um, let's see, uh, was a writer on. We've already mentioned Bad Boys, and look, the first Bad Boys is probably the best one, uh, in my opinion. But uh, I think it's objectively the best one. Uh, objectively, the best one for sure. Yeah. Like people may have their favorites out of the trilogy, but that's definitely objectively the best one out of all of them. Yeah, and he's got a bunch of stuff I've never heard of before, and he's got the whole ten yards thrown in somewhere, and that's just a <laughs> trash movie. And <sighs> he doesn't really have 
He doesn't have, uh, he has directing credits, but again, a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. Definitely nothing that looks like it's anything like this, but apparently dude's got four projects in pre-production and for directing and cup uh, like one for writing that he's also there. It's like, like I'm just, nothing about this guy makes me want to see what he makes, uh, what he's making. But uh, I didn't even see the movie poster. This movie poster is just making it's, me sad. It's not it's so good. many things. It's so many. It's like it's like word salad version of a poster. It's like <laughs> let's put guns in the background as wings, but they look exactly like the Expendables symbol. Exactly. That yeah. They let's just put, looks like they copied <laughs> and pasted the Expendables guns. A, a pretty vague font. People can't see my face right now, but I literally just face palmed. Like as soon as I saw this poster, it was just like this is the worst. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't. I'm with you there. Like normally, I feel like, uh, um, yeah. Normally, I feel like maybe this might land in streaming if it had a little bit more going for it. But this has so little going for it that I just don't care about it. So, um, plus, I feel like in this, like, to to touch upon it some more. I think if you're if you're gonna be in this space, you have to have, you have to provide something. Like if this movie had incredible action set pieces, maybe it does. They didn't really show them off in the trailers. And I, I doubt they do, but certain movies like, like the raid, the plot is very simple, but the action and everything is just so well framed, and the people know what they're doing in fight choreography, and it's just really well executed. But yeah. like, this doesn't look like it has that going for either, which is that's really disappointing. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I, I, Jara, I'm sorry that you keep on getting all these trash movies to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I, we, I, we just talked about it too before starting. Yeah, I'm, it's okay. Yeah, and, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, hopefully, we'll get some better ones. Like I said, next next month we're doing Those Who Wish Me Dead, and the month after that we're doing uh, um, uh, In the Heights. And you know, well, I mean, the release date's subject to change on everything because until you know, until the world is vaccinated, but yeah, um, you know, hopefully we got some better stuff. I mean, we, we got Judas and the Black Messiah, so that's... We did. I mean, what what was the, the last horror film that we got? It was like Honeydew, right? That yeah, looked Honeydew. great. That looked uh, cool. I mean, you, you you wanted to see that one. I didn't. Yeah, but, yeah I'm uh, gonna, I'll probably take a look at it. Well, you had obvious reasons why you didn't want to watch it. You're, you don't like horror <laughs> films, so it's totally fine. I get yeah, it. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, gosh, you want to start talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we need to tread these waters anymore. Yeah, I feel like we've already talked too much about Vanquish. <laughs> yeah, if, Mor- if Morgan Freeman isn't interested in acting in it, then we shouldn't be talking about it anymore. Just say. Yeah, well, and that's why I was like, I, lo- I like, there's really not much coming out. Uh, there's a couple smaller indie stuff that's getting some attention. Like, there's Mo- Monday, which is apparently getting um, some, some pretty okay attention. But I was just like, starring Ruby Rose and Morgan Freeman, those are two people that people recognize written by the guy that did bad boys and looks kind of like a, I mean, not huge budget, but this looks like it has a decent budget backing it. Um, so I don't, I, I, I thought this is at least worth talking about it and I will not be seeing this. <laughs> so. Fair enough. I'm glad we aligned on that. I, I kind of yeah. figured we would though. I mean, I was probably on, I don't know, probably like streaming before I watched the, the trailer and then I watched the trailer and it just just killed me so <laughs> I called it too I called it that was good. I can't I can't think of the last time I watched a trailer and I've been as straight-faced just <laughs> in, in terms of mood the whole time just 
not caring about what comes next. Anyway, speaking of what's coming next, we'll talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. We spent a lot of time talking about this, uh, I'm sure. And, um, uh, yeah, so we'll be taking a, taking a look at that. And um, want to warn you again for spoilers. Uh, I mean, really, this is a three-, four-year-old movie at this point. But, you know, for the Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, Joe, I wrote more notes about this movie than I have for any movie because I wanted to be thorough. And, well, this is a four-hour runtime movie. The, the, this is the longest we've ever covered on this podcast. Second longest is The Seven Samurai. Uh, but, uh, so we'll be spoiling this. Uh, this is Zack Snyder's original, quote-unquote original vision, you know, semantics. Um, of uh, of Justice League and uh, released on HBO Max about a month ago, so you should have gotten a chance to to check it out. Um, Joe, do you like this movie? Love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? Um, I would say I like it. I'm not in love with it. <clears throat> um, I know a lot of people are really high on this film um, on its initial release. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a spoiler alert. It's definitely. Low, like a million times better than the, the theatrical cut. Like I can't even like explain uh, to you how much. Well, we will explain to you why uh, in just a short moment. But um, it has a lot going for it. Um, it is very long. I do think that there could be some things cut. Of course, um, I think overall they flesh out their characters far better. Um, I'll probably go more into detail with that once we bounce off of each other a little bit. Um, but as far as like things that come to mind, I thought the cinematography was really solid. Um, mm-hmm. I think we talked about it on the previous episode that Zack Snyder would be a great cinematographer, probably one of the best there is if he stuck to that. Um, I think visually he's just really striking with a lot of things. Um, some really solid action set pieces. They reworked the Wonder Woman scene uh, pretty well. I feel like there were stakes involved. It felt a little darker, a little grittier. Um, it just also just was longer, uh, which which helped flesh it out. Um I still like the chemistry between Bruce and Alfred. I think it's extremely well done. I like the whole line, like, oh, I, you know, here's Alfred. I work for him. You know, that's funny stuff, like funny, dry humor that Batman would use. So I thought that was very in character. Um, Cyborg is so fleshed out in this. He better be. They got an extra, you know, three and a half hours. He better be fleshed out. So I thought he was really uh, kind of well fleshed out. I, I thought Reed Fisher did an excellent job with the character. Felt like everybody in general had a role within the Justice League, unlike the um, the original cut that Joss Whedon had done. Uh, sure, everyone felt important, especially uh, the Flash. I, I loved the Flash. I thought he was I thought he was pretty excellent. Uh, I liked where they inserted him, kind of recorrecting time and like really using his abilities to the fullest. Like if you if you're a longtime Barry Allen and Flash fan, you know exactly what he's capable of, and they showed a lot of that. And uh, like him rapidly healing. He's able to do that. His metabolism is really fast. They show him just snacking and eating foods. He yeah. does that. He has to. He's burning calories all the time. Sure. Um, his his beautiful scene they had Iris. I really like that scene. The music was was fine, but the overall scene itself was just really well done and really well shot. Uh, besides the hot dog thing, that was a little weird. We'll probably touch upon that later. <laughs> that was a little weird. Um, oh, we'll talk about all that you're talking about later. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about. I, I'm just you know just kind of loosely touching on things, but but yeah, we could. Let's let's dive more into it, and I'll, I'll just turn it over to you. Like, what what are the things that? How do you feel about it? What are the things you like? Um, gosh, um, as soon as the movie was over, I think I would have probably said I'm low side. I liked it, but given some time to really process it, I really think I'm on the low side of okay. Um, 
And that's a problem. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to start off here, and I, I apologize. I meant to put this in the show notes, so this is be putting you a little bit on spot. But um, I wanted to go. You, I ran through the DCEU prior to this movie with uh, with Ben when he was still doing comic book movies for the show, and I, I just wanted a, a chance to to get a a sense of what you thought about the DCEU so far. So I want to run through each of the movies real quick and just like a quick like it, love it, hate it, just like I think it's just okay. So uh, sure. let's see, Man, of, Man of Steel was the first one released. Uh, I probably between like it and love it, like somewhere in the middle. I'd probably give it like a eight. Okay. I, I, I think it. I think it does a good job of setting up the universe. I like his version of Superman for the most part. I like Henry Cavill in the role, uh, but yeah, I'd say that about fits the bill for that one. Yeah, uh, I th- I was like high side. I liked it. Um, definitely had some problems, but overall pretty enjoyable. Uh, and then Batman versus Superman. Uh, we're talking theatrical cut. I'm not a huge fan of it. There's a lot of plot holes. Uh, Ultimate mm-hmm. Edition. It's it's fair. It's okay. Uh, it's a film. <laughs> It, it has some great scenes. Uh, I, I, I mean, the warehouse scene. I, mean, I could watch that on repeat. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful amalgamation of everything that makes Batman great in video games and comics. Uh, but yeah, that's what I kind of feel about that. Um, really, much else I can really talk about as far as BBS goes. Yeah, I, I landed it. Honestly, one of my war, one of the most hated movies of all time for the theatrical and the uh, the ultimate edition. I am very low sided dislike it. I'm not quite and hate it. Uh, but really not high in that movie at all. Uh, what about Suicide yeah. Squad? Uh, I remember the first time I watched it. I think I had too many alcoholic beverages. I said it was an eight. Um, but now that I look back on it, it's probably around a two or a three for me. Um, yeah. I think it has really strong characters in a sandbox that's mucky and, and, and dirty and, and not really well thought out. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I saw it in theaters too, and I was like, this this is an okay time. This isn't uh, like great or awful, but then rewatching it again not too long ago, I was like, this is a uh, like high side of dislike it. Um, it's the it's the very definition of like diminishing returns. Yeah. Uh, bright spot for me, Wonder Woman. Oh, love it. Uh, I think it's actually, uh, spoiler, I think it's the best film that they've ever made. Uh, okay. I, I, I think it's really well executed. I think it's a little messy in the third act, but that's fine. Uh, I think it has a really cool and clear message, and I, and I think Patty Jenkins did a great job of both directing the film and, and directing uh, Gal, Gal Gadot and, and really pulling the most she can out of Gal Gadot and really making me believe that she was Wonder Woman. Like I think they did a great job with that movie. Yeah, I, I loved it, loved it, loved it. For the first two-thirds and the last third, I was like, I don't like any of this, so I got <laughs> low side of liked it. Uh, yeah. I, I think... Um, I think Justice League was next, but we'll save that to the end. Uh, so yeah, Aquaman, sure. I I kind of like um, I, I kind of love Aquaman for what it is. It's very unapologetic about what it is. I'd probably say it's like it, it's probably like an eight for me. Probably the same around Man of Steel, but for different reasons. It, it's fun popcorn, you know, kind of material. Uh, James Wan, they gave him kind of carte blanche to kind of do what he wanted to do, and I, I think he was really effective in directing the film. Um, yep. It's got some cool set pieces. And Jason Momoa is just so charismatic. Uh, he pretty much yeah. carries the whole movie on his back. Um, yeah, he's great. I think for me, uh, I think I'm on like solid straight okay just because uh, I, I feel like it's very visually great to look at. But it's definitely like 45 minutes too long and a lot Agreed. of the story is pretty lacking. Uh, and I feel like they try a lot of that is because they try to shove too much into one movie. So there's that. Uh, Shazam! I actually really, it's probably my second favorite DCU movie. 
Uh, okay. I think it has. I think it has a lot of heart. I think it's really well directed. Uh, I'm trying to think of the director's name right now. He's worked on Annabelle. He's worked on a, a lot of horror uh, type projects, but he's um, really good at directing the kids. Uh, David Sandberg. Yeah, he's he's great with dealing with 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 uh, child actors and like making sure that he pulls the most out of them. Um, I think the overall message of the story was really great, and to me, it does a better job of being a dark darker film than most of these. Uh, most of the other Snyder films where they try to be dark and gritty. Like this is some like real hard hitting actual adult stuff of like being abandoned as a kid and like having to deal with that. And I think they handled that all really well. And all the comedic aspects are really great too. They're really solid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I love everything about Zachary Levi and the kids. It's, it's just, I, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think the story lacks a lot um, to me, uh, but it's, I, simple. It, it's, a, yeah. it's a good time. So uh, I was on the low side. I liked it. Uh, Birds of Prey. Oh, well, actually, I actually really like Birds of Prey. Um, I'd probably say like an 8 or 8.5. Uh, okay. I think it's what Suicide Squad was supposed to do or wanted to be. Um, I think Feels it has right. a lot of style. Yeah, it has a lot of style to it. Um, it really just should have been called Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, just so yeah. marketing purposes. Um, I thought the writing was really well done. The act, I think the thing that really stands out in that movie the action's great. It's probably some of the best action I've seen in the DCU. Like, it's really well-framed. Everyone's kind of doing something uh, effectively, and they all kind of work as a team in the end, and it's pretty much what you want from that type of movie. It's like all these people coming together to, to accomplish a task at the end of the day. Uh, and I thought it was a very positive message for, for you know female audience members as well. Uh, yeah, overall, yeah, I'd say like a theater I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, I'm on the low side. I love this one. Uh, this is my favorite movie in the DCEU. And then second would be Man of Steel. And then it really doesn't matter after that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you're saying. Uh, and uh, this, I mean, this came out like way late, um, re- pretty recently. But uh, Wonder Woman 1984. You know, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard okay. that I wouldn't like it um, from a lot of people. I heard it's messy. I've watched plenty of reviews on it and from trusted people I've seen, like Double yep. Toasted and uh red letter media i was like yeah i don't know if i need to watch this yet so uh yeah when, i'll watch it um uh, yeah i'll see how i feel about it but from, from the sounds of it it has like a ton of plot holes yeah and a ton of like retconning out of nowhere so i'm not a huge fan of that i am i am firmly in the dislike this uh but thinking about the movie i hate it but it's just because you think of the big things that are really terrible about this movie, but there's a little bit to admire. So, uh, all right. So then, uh, Joss Whedon's justice league, um, that'll transition us nicely into getting back to Zack Snyder, but I feel like it's uh, important to get us like a, you know, yeah, on track yeah. for. So I remember the first time I watched this, it was also the same case as suicide squad. Too many beverages kicked in. Uh, I was pretty high on it at first. And then when I watched it at home, and I watched it again, and I watched it again. It had that same type of diminishing returns of like, this is actually a really terrible movie. And uh, it just looks like it was built on committee, by committee. It really looks like it. And I think Joss Whedon was trying to do the best he could with the situation given. Um, but it's a mess. It's, it's a mess. It's way too short. It's got so many things just kind of shoehorned in that don't quite fit. Um, yep. It's kind of embarrassing. Um, I'd probably say like a two. Okay. So, yeah, I don't. That's I don't, I don't really like about it. right. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, when I first saw this, I was like probably high side of okay, and then watched it again, and yep. yeah, I was, I'm probably like right about where I am with Suicide Squad on that one. We're like pretty firmly in in dislike it, but like, you know, not it's it's not Batman versus Superman or, you know, um, and Wonder Woman 1984. No, not quite there. So, um, yeah, had a lot of problems with that. So, uh, so you landed on uh, on liked it for Zack Snyder's Justice League, and I landed on the very low side of okay. Um, so, I mean, it still is an improvement for both of us. That's definitely worth noting. And you a little bit more of an improvement, but me still a, a significant improvement, but your, your ratings were typically a little bit higher than mine were anyway. So, yeah. um, yeah. So, so it, it, it lines up. It yeah. Lines up. It, it about lines up. So I, I, I just feel like if you're on board with the DCEU, then sure, this is going to work. I, I'm 100% with you. I really think that, uh. Um, this movie is way overhyped, um, and a little bit of context. I, I think the more that time separates from this movie, I think the more people are going to get down off that mountain. Um, and, um, I think more people are going to just be like, yeah, no, this really isn't as good as we thought it was. It was just, there's never been anything this, like this at this scale to happen in the history of film. I mean, you have things like the Superman two Donner cut. And you have things like um, uh, little things like uh, the Samuel L. Jackson snakes on a plane line, um, but you nothing at this scale with this much money back behind it and this much hype, you know, thanks to the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, I just feel like people. Uh, I think my note was uh, the thing that I wrote. Well, maybe I didn't write this anywhere. I don't have a lot of notes, um, but I feel like. My my overall, if I had to summarize how I feel about this, the reaction to this movie is that because there was so much anticipation and because there was so much, there are people that really wanted this movie for good reason, but there was just as many, probably more people that really wanted this, or at least definitely more outspoken, that were just jerks about it. Um, and still yep. are with all this, you know, hashtag Retorted Snyderverse on everything, including thing about HBO Max promoting, you know, stop the hate against Asian people. Like, time and place, guys. Um, and that's, I think, all I'm going to say about that here. Uh, but <laughs> um, at least for now. <laughs> but like, you know, it, it, I feel like everybody had to justify yet that yes this was always going to be this good and that's why for the last three years we've bullied warner brothers like that's why for the last three years we've bullied josh whedon and anybody hbo anybody that's actually in charge of things anybody that's in charge of making movies at this point mm-hmm. um i feel like that's uh, that's the way i feel like so i feel like feel like people have over exaggerated this way too much and doing a little digging um just to see my theory on I think time is going to people are going to look down upon this movie uh, a little bit less as the farther we get away from it. Um, I looked at somebody's uh, now look for all the Twitter polls out there that are trying to say what's the best one out there. Look super recently biased and you it's really hard to compare superhero movies. Like there was a poll pretty quickly that's what's a better movie, Zack Snyder's Justice League or Avengers Endgame. Look, they are about to just mention that. They're very incomparable movies. Uh, very, very, very different movies. <laughs> so I, th- I think so as well, because you got to think of it. So I think of Avengers Endgame as a victory lap. That movie, you don't even, you don't even need Infinity War. You don't even like. It's a victory lap. It's like yeah. here's we built to this moment for the past ten years. 
Now here is your here's your dessert. Yeah. <laughs> Not, here look, you go. If you, if you All the work is done. <laughs> if you want to compare compare this to the first Avengers, that's a fair comparison because that's a fair trying comparison. To, trying to yeah. do the same thing, but these the movies are so incomparable. But um, but even the first Avengers, in my opinion, is still a better movie. I would agree. Far better that. movie. Yeah. yeah, it's like the first Avengers was a slam dunk. Like no one yeah. no one expected it to go off without a hitch, but it kind of did. And like there was a, there was a bunch of comments I was reading the thread that was just say, saying things like you know Marvel essentially copied what Zach and I was trying to do with this and it's like the only person that know what he was trying to do is anybody that worked on the movie and like you know how long it takes to write a movie script like plus you know that that would be like saying that Wonder Woman tried copied Iron Man like they have a lot of similar things but lots of or movies what, have lots of similar things or like, you know Wonder Woman copied you know the first Avenger you know what I mean like that, that's a comparison that happens and that's probably an easier comparison to make than than Zack Snyder's Justice League and Endgame but look here, uh, look here's the thing I gotta admit my my, my biases who, I am a huge M- MCU fanboy and I've notoriously been I'm not a DC hater. I want them to make good movies. I just don't think that they have. So, but I'm, I love the MCU. I really love most movies. Um, so in the MCU, so like got to admit my biases straight off the bat and say, I mean, take, take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. For, for me, like when people were saying on the internet, like this is better than Endgame, I was like, all right, you guys need to pump the brakes. Right. I would literally like, because like, like you, I, I really love the MCU. I'm really super invested, but I'm also a big DC fan. So it's really like, it's heartbreaking when I when these these characters are not being used to their full capabilities at times. And it's really frustrating because like, I'm like, you literally, you guys might be able to make better films than them just based off your characters. Like you have super interesting characters and IPs, just go with it. And I, I feel like they have been recently. They've been trying to kind of course correct and really fix, you know, not having to have like a big, you know, amalgamation universe merged together. Like they, they feel like they could make separate movies outside of their, their given timeline, which is cool. I, I'm totally on board for that. I kind of yeah. wish they would just kind of stay in that, that direction. Um, but, but yeah, they didn't do the legwork to, to kind of earn some of these moments. Whereas like the, in, in the MCU, like when you watch Endgame, you're just like all these beautiful moments are unfolding in front of you and they could spend all that time giving you these moments because they've, they've done the character building. They've done the world building. It's all there. Yeah. All those films have backed it. <laughs> right. And so like that's that's the problem is that like if you if you take if you take all this into account to say that look, so so again I did my research for Endgame and um I, I saw I saw somebody that I follow on Letterboxd. Um, review this movie five stars out of five and said this is this absolutely has to be top three comic book movies of all time and I would not even say it's the top three in the DCEU um, let alone told, DC totally properties agree. you know yeah. almost every Batman almost every Batman movie is better than this um, but yeah. uh, but the um, it, I looked that person uh, currently has Avengers Endgame ranked at about a 3.5. Uh, but their review on Letterboxd says, this is the definitive cinematic experience uh, and knocked it completely out of the park. I loved every second of it. Five out of five stars. I feel like this exact same thing is going to happen with a lot of people with this movie where they're going to realize that they just had to match the hype to justify cyberbullying WB for the last three years. And they're going to realize this isn't a very good movie. It's okay. And 
I feel like getting into the actual points about this movie now. <laughs> uh, but all right, so I want to start off with the point that you just made up that uh, uh, you just brought up, not made up. That um, this is so incredibly rushed, and Avengers one totally works because of all the buildup and Avengers infinity war and Endgame totally work because we've got to spend time with these characters. And sure. We've got to spend time with Batman a lot over the years and Superman a lot over the years, but like, but Flash, not that Batman, not that Superman and not this, you know, not yeah, those I mean, ones, those that, versions. That's, that's, I mean, that's a fair point too, but like not flash, not, um, the, not so much wonder woman, um, not Aquaman, especially this Aqu- Aquaman. Um, only in the Most cartoons cyborgs. for Cyborg. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and uh, Steppenwolf is a completely unrecognizable character to most people, and Darkseid is maybe in name only to a lot. I mean, like, I know comic fans, like, know him pretty, yeah, pretty he's, easily and things like that. He's but... a pretty big name um, as far as comic book readers go, and he's basically, like, what Thanos was based off of. They're created yeah. by the same person, essentially. But, but, but yeah, but, he's not. But super I think you grab some random person off the street, even if they like movies and they like superhero movies. They want to five, five years ago. <laughs> uh, no idea who Darkseid is, right? They they'd ask if it, if that was Thanos, right? Is that is that the big purple guy at the end of Avengers? Um, so, that's a, um, I think that's a fair statement for sure. And so this so this movie, and I know I'm not the first person to say this, but this this feels like. I mean, you got to take the the DCEU up to this point in terms of release, and you had Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, uh, Wonder Woman, and Suicide Squad. That'd be like if you had the first Avengers or the first Avenger, Iron Man, and like uh, like like Guardians of the Galaxy, and then you just made the first Avengers. Like yeah, you just made it. <laughs> or, or then you make Endgame. Like. No, like MCU has been so successful because they lay the groundwork and they do that. And like, I get that DC is just trying to play catch up, but you don't have to because, I mean, we've seen so much MCU stuff. And like you said, these are, uh, the, I think the best way to describe the two different properties is Marvel is is uh, is humans that are trying to be gods, and DC is gods that are trying to be human. And exactly. I've seen way too much humans trying to be gods. I'm so incredibly interested in gods trying to be human. I'm so incredibly interested in in this world um, that hates Superman, even though he's um, you know ultimate good and stuff like that. And this super jaded Batman. I'm super interested in all this. In theory, way more than I am you know, Black Widow movie, right? Just need just need the execution. I wouldn't go that far because I like I said, I'm a big fan of, of Black Widow. I think Scar does a great job with the character. But uh but yeah, I I will I have those same sentiments. Like you didn't have to be Marvel. You guys could have done your own thing and ran with it and taken your time. Like take your time. What's what what is what is really the rush at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if you made if you made something quality you know, right off the bat and like had people on board. I mean, it's just endless amounts of like cash and like, and goodwill that you're going to have with the fans. Yeah. Um, like the MCU at this point is bulletproof. Like it, it can't, like you could do things like WandaVision now and it could be completely, completely out of left field and people will buy into it. They love it. Or as, you could go, or you could go as back to doing as things start getting stale with the MCU. They really mix it up because Right about the time Age of Ultron comes out, Guardians of the Galaxy comes out. Yep. And, you know, recently, you know, we got WandaVision, which is totally different. And 
um, right when things started to get still, you get Doctor Strange, and like we're getting the Eternals, and we're getting Shang Chi, and we're getting uh, a bunch more TV stuff like She Hulk. Like every single time it starts to get stale, they throw something new into the mix that really mixes it up to keep us interested, and that's something to admire. But this isn't the MCU is better than the DCEU uh, no. portion of the show. So, but uh, but a, but a minor minor side note. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm completely, uh, you know, biased on this point as far as Captain America goes, but I'm, spoiler, I'm simply just loving the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's a, it's a six hour, feels like a six hour version of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, but you know, through a different lens yeah. and, and I'm just loving it. But yeah, I, I digress. Like I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll pass it back up to you. But I just wanted to make that note, but like, yeah, um, even when I, they tread, even when they tread familiar ground, it always feels good though. Like, they'll tread familiar ground, but it always feels like, oh, I'm back in here. I love it. Like, give me some more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I want to I go ahead and move on to the, the things I liked about this movie. Um, be, because I feel like I've just been bad talking it the whole time. I do want to emphasize there are things I really admire about this movie. There are things I really admire about the way this movie is done. I really I land on low side of okay because I think for every really thing I love about this movie, there's something that's equally terrible. Uh, but I, but I want to spend time and I want to focus on the positives because right now, every, anybody that really likes this movie thinks that I'm just a hater and every, and thinks that I'm an NCU fanboy, which again, self-admittedly, yes. <laughs> um, but I, but I really wanted to like this movie because I really wanted the fans to be right. And I really wanted justification for the release of Snyder cut stuff. And I, I love that when it released so many people, um, just got on board and people that I know that were, co- I've never been like against the release of the Snyder cut um, Me st- uh, stuff. I- I've been pretty neutral on it. Um, I, th- I think, uh, <laughs> but, but I loved seeing people that were totally against it. That wound up really liking this movie. And I was like, Oh cool. Like I really want to like this movie. I want to love it as much as I love Avengers Endgame. So I do want to focus on some of the, um, some of the positives here. So, uh, geez. Um, <laughs> let's start. Let's start with the with the visuals of this movie. Uh, I mean, first of all, you have no CGI mustache, um, which is a huge, you know, something that's to be admired for sure. Um, I love Steppenwolf's uh, look in this. Now it's a little glittery, um, it's a little sparkly, uh, like, but I love the I love the armor and I love how it kind of like shifts and adapts to uh, to fit his needs. It, it almost feels like. Um, like nanotech, uh, like almost, yep. almost like Iron Man's armor, but like distinctive enough that it doesn't. Uh, be- and it is pretty solid, but it's just like the way that it moves, kind of adapts. I, I really liked the look. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, especially just as opposed to like plain old gray guy that could use a ton of lotion. You know? Yeah, um, he, he looked like silly putty. Like you, like he was made <laughs> out of silly putty, and like yeah, just like stood him up. Right. Right. Um, let's see. I think there's a couple times that I think the soundtrack improved. Um, I, I, I mentioned a hit and a miss. Uh, the example I have that I think I it really, I really enjoyed it is that, uh, that scene, like you were mentioning, you said you didn't, you thought it was okay, but the scene where Flash saves Iris, um, I really liked the song choice there. Um, I thought that worked really well. Um, I, I don't think it was horrible, it was- but, but I think, I think a, a nice little score would have, would have done more, but. I, I didn't. I didn't hate it. It didn't take me out of the scene. The, yeah. the hot dog took me out of the scene, but we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you continue. <laughs> I, I definitely have more negatives than I do positives. Uh, but let's see. Um, 
I loved uh, the inclusion of Martian Manhunter. I'm I'm really excited that there's a chance that we might get Martian Manhunter near because I think he's such an interesting and such underutilized character in comics. Um, I really love like him in the animated stuff. Like he is maybe the best part of Justice League Doom, and that's probably my second favorite animated DC movie, um, it's a, it's just like, behind Under the Red Hood. Yeah, I think I think Red Hood is probably my favorite, but Doom is up there though for sure. It's excellent, and Martian Manhunter is one of the best parts of that movie for sure. I'm, and, and like, sure, he's kind of like Superman, but like, if we've seen the Flash before, and if we haven't seen Flash, then we've seen Quicksilver, and we've seen Batman plenty, and we've seen Superman a lot, and we've seen Wonder Woman a good amount, and if we haven't seen Wonder Woman, we've seen Captain America, and you know, we've seen um, again, kind of. He's kind of like Vision. Titans too. Go has Cyborg. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean some of the stuff has cyborg. He's a pretty under underserved character. Um and I don't really know like a Marvel um one that's that's used him really well. I mean like probably Cy no not Cyclops. Um yeah, Cy, um Tall Tall Metal Dude in uh, in X-Men. Colossus is probably about the closest that we've got to him, but they're completely different characters and yeah, different different power sets much. and kind of different characters, yeah. Right. So like I mean I guess maybe you could go Vision. Um a little bit. Martian Manhunter is more like Vision, in my opinion, because he could, he could kind of phase through things, and he has, like, abilities yeah. that are comparable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um, even their character archetypes but, but the point are kind being, of similar. Like, <laughs> right. Well, but, like, the point being is, like, you know, I frankly could care less that Green Lantern was in this movie. Now, I think he's super underserved so far um, in terms of live action movies. Um, and I would definitely love to see more Green Lantern in there, especially if you bring like a Jon Stewart in there. Um, you know, you don't give yeah. us the, 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 the Hal Jordan, Hal Jordan character. Uh, yeah. you, know, you give us a Jon Stewart character um, or you give us um, like one I of the, I think he was originally supposed uh, to be in this film. Uh, I think he was supposed to take the part of Marsha Manhunter originally. That was the plan. Okay, uh, but I think there is. I mean, there is a, There is a Green Lantern in this movie. Um, that's worth noting. Um, but yeah, um, and so like that's exciting. Sequence. But yeah, yeah, um, and and that there is a lantern out there somewhere. So, um, like, but I, I, Martian Man- Manhunter is Martian Manhunter, Cyborg, and. Um, no, I feel like those are probably the two most underserved DC, like a big name DC comic people on the, on the big screen. Um, I think so know. too. I'd agree with that. Um, again, fa- fans know them, fans love them, but like, how do you do Martian Manhunter well? It takes something really special and that's why he's only in about 10 seconds of this movie, but, um, <laughs> Yep. Um, but so I really loved the addition of Martian Manhunter, but that was not the place to introduce him. Um, so again, every positive has a negative. Um, it really it, undercuts. It felt the, clunky. It really undercuts the Lois and Martha scene. And gosh, that was a, that was a really great scene. And again, I know I'm not the first person to say this. So um, no, I anyway, actually completely um, agree with you. Uh, to, to talk more on that, I literally watched it twice. Uh, so the first time I watched it, they got me right away. Like I literally teared up during the scene when Lois is talking to Martha and Martha comes over and she says the line, it's really well executed. And I actually thought it was well written. I'll never love anybody. Like I loved your son. 
And like then and there, I yeah. like teared up and I cried, like literally cried. And then <laughs> you find out as soon as Martha steps out the door, it's Martian Manhunter all along. And you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. I feel like you guys just like stole my money. Like <laughs> you guys literally robbed me. Like yeah. emotionally you robbed me because that, that it was you undercut that scene. <laughs> yeah, it it was one of those things that as soon as he appeared, I was like, sweet, Marshall Manta wait. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. What? And th- and then to find out that he has that post credit scene, it's like you could have just had that. Yes. You could have just had that and that would have been okay. <laughs> Um. Anyway, I, but really I, had, I had I had that as a as a negative actually too. Like it's funny. Okay, they undercut that scene. Um, like, I'm gonna start this positive. <laughs> I'm gonna start this positive off with a negative, and that's my least favorite part of Joss Whedon's Justice League is by far the stupid situation where in order to revive Superman, the Flash has to run so fast and touch the mother box at the exact moment that it touches the water that Superman's laying in. I thought it was the stupidest thing, and it was incredible. You know, bunch of slow mo, but like that's pretty excusable if you're going for it. Has to be an instantaneous thing. I thought it was the stupidest, most drawn out, idiotic thing. Like this could have easily just been like, oh, it's the power of the mother box. Just it way too overcomplicated for what they were trying to do. And I hate that it was still in this movie, but like, you know, I'm not really going to super gripe about that too much. Um, uh, By far my least favorite part of the original movie. Uh, Here's where I'm going to turn into a positive. I really like how they cut in into that scene as Flash is running. They cut into what is presumably future uh, where we see like Aquaman dying and we see um, um, the uh, a lot of future stuff that looks like it's setting up. You see, Darkseid uses he's uh, uses Omega beams, which is like you know, it's a very fan service thing, but it looks really cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And you see, like two or three characters die. Like I think maybe Wonder Woman too. Yeah, I didn't did. write him exactly. Like I, <laughs> like I liked how it was spliced in there to where he was running so fast, and we get a glimpse into the Speed Force, and we get to see the future that he, Snyder's trying to set up. Look, and and here here's the thing: I'm gonna go on record saying, look, WB would be stupid not not to continue. WB is stupid for not continuing the Snyderverse, for not just saying, look, we're just going to make this one the official canon version now, and we're going to move forward with that, because there's really no implications to the rest of the DCEU other than from Joss Whedon's Justice League. Like, nothing about Birds of Prey, or Wonder Woman 1984, or even Shazam or Aquaman really have that much of an impact on what could any impact on what could change i mean mira's accents changed that's about the extent of it um Uh, uh. um, that's that's about the extent of like the downsides of doing that like so wb is stupid for not doing that but at the same time like this isn't the way to get it done and what like anyway i'll yeah um Let's see. Uh, more positives, more positives, more positives. Okay, I really like the voice overlays as Superman is walking back in his old ship um, to try to find a suit. Um, I thought that was really done well. well done. I, I didn't yeah. put that in my notes, but it's super well done. Like it's very, it's emotionally resonant in a in a uplifting way. I feel like it's it was just really well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was great and a perfect homage um, to the uh, the Russell Crowe and. Um, 
uh, Kevin Costner stuff that was set up for Man of Steel. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was touching um, and and just just really well done. Um, and I, the, I, the, I the melding I think, of these two fathers, you know what I mean? Like you get you get Pa Kent and you know, and yeah, Zorrell, you know. Well, Zorrell. and Superman's finally fulfilled who he's supposed to be. Um, and he's finally you know, Superman with, with, with sacrificing himself <laughs> at the end of BVS. Like he's fine. I feel like both Man of Steel and BVS are Superman origin stories, and so you finally get superman and so yeah the the com the combining of the fathers and the the yeah I, I really liked that um the score i think is a great improvement in the finale um i don't think it matters before um i almost think i prefer elfman's score but the whole everything in chernobyl um yeah so for better. sure junkie xl score is a lot better yeah um, i did not like the way they try to shoehorn things for fan service in the original cut like let's you know we get the danny elfman kind of batman going yeah. on and i'm like that's cool but it's so he didn't, didn't earn that and that's not part of this universe it feels really weird and shoehorned in but yeah yeah I, I agree overall i think it's a it's a vast improvement i think junkie xl does an excellent job especially in that last sequence like it's really cool for sure, for sure. Um, I like the introduction of the Speed Force, uh, especially in all its fullest capabilities um, for Flash running back and reversing time. Um, I thought the way they did it was maybe a little silly, um, but uh, but I like, you know, we, we're doing the Speed Force. We're showing that he can reverse time, which is a great setup for Flashpoint. Um, and this is something that Flash can do, so it's not out of the realm of, you know, ridiculous. This isn't Superman flying around the the world at the end of Superman two one to... <laughs> reversing time. <laughs> yeah, this isn't this isn't that because that's just freaking awful. Um, but I, th- I really like the the Speed Force and its fullest capabilities. Um, and in addition, like in the epilogue in that final scene, like I really love his armor. Like he's got like a battle worn, like heavy duty, like almost looks like a knight. Yeah, he looks like a knight, which is really cool. Like, he even has, like, kind of the neck guard that kind of, like, pops, the face guard that pops up. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's really well, uh, really well designed. Um, yep. Um, gosh, uh, and I think the only other positive I have to say is I think there's a lot of things here that are, or that are missing here that were in Joss Whedon's Justice League that I think the movie's better for. Um, specifically, I'm thinking of the uh, the family that's in the outskirts of Chernobyl um that they have to save and you don't need to be saving a bunch of people um for your finale to be climactic it could just be that so um yeah uh, yeah i wasn't a huge I, fan of the family introduction and it, that really felt like it was just out of out of place out of nowhere uh in the in the original cut i just did not care for it i'm okay with just having an epic battle where you're just trying to make sure that the mother boxes don't get activated and the antimatter right. equation doesn't kill everybody. Like that, the stakes are high. Those are high yeah. stakes. I don't need yeah. four four people. You got to save. And also, like, <laughs> oh yes, that's a good point to be. Um, and this is maybe a good transition point for me to maybe start talking about some things I don't like, um, or have a conversation about some of the things I don't like. I guess. Um, I really think that the first two hours of this movie could be thirty, uh, and you could not rush at all. I'll give Josh Whedon props for making a story that was rushed a little bit, uh, but still setting up everything in a decent amount of time when it took Zack Snyder two hours to do it. Um, this really doesn't, didn't need to be that long. And I will say, if you have not seen this and are interested in it, but you have seen the Joss Whedon cut, I'd say go ahead and skip to four. Just skip to chapter four, which is about two hours in. Um, and just watch the last two hours. I, I, 
if you've seen Joss Whedon's Justice League, you've seen the first two hours of this movie. Um, and some stuff that really doesn't need to be in there. You should um, watch the Wonder Woman scene, though. The Wonder Woman scene is actually really excellent. His cut, of, his version is longer Which one? And, and just overall better. Uh, the hostage the, rescue? Yeah, the hostage rescue with the terrorists, I thought that was really well done in this version. There was a I, bit too much slow-mo for me, but yep. they definitely added some time that really fleshed it out as far as action set piece goes. Yeah, I mean, just just a little bit. Uh, I, I don't think anything substantial enough, in my opinion, but I've heard, I've heard the opposite, so that's fine. I'll, I'll be Plus wrong the, on that. The terrorists seemed like they were more threatening. It was less comical. You know what I mean? Like, they, they meant business. They were, they were yeah, like, killing people. They had an agenda. <laughs> that's, definitely, that's definitely a good assessment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I say if you've seen if you've seen uh, the the original, then just skip ahead to four, um, part four, and uh, and the reason I say four instead of five is because you add the antimatter um, to the equation, which is a big deal. So um, other than, or I guess if you know the existence of the antimatter, then go ahead and skip to five. <laughs> um, so um, okay, I've been talking a lot. I can tell because my voice hurts. Um, <laughs> What do you what do you want to talk about next? Because now it's just uh, my list of things that I just really don't like about this movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll dabble in some more positives I have, and I'll, I'll go into some of the negatives I have. Please, I, don't know if I, you want, I, I really, I, I really I, want to hear more positive about this movie. I want, and I want that to be expressed more. Uh, yeah, uh, I think the overall black suit design was great. It was a nice callback to the kind of harkening back to the comic books for the Return of Superman. Thought that was really well executed. Uh, it's okay. a great looking suit. Um, I just I want to interject here because I really like the look of it, but I didn't understand the purpose of it. It, it was it was it was basically harkening to something in the comic books when Superman had died and been killed by Doomsday that he came back with a black suit. Okay, that's that's I, it's basically a bit of fan service. Uh, I mean, it's a, a little fan service and uh, a a little bit of um uh like I mean trying to sell toys, you know? I, yeah, I mean they they literally created two hot toys that you could buy as a package. It's, that toy and then also the nightmare batman so there yeah. definitely was like you push some merch yeah we'll, we'll, we'll do just, so i just didn't feel like there was any reason for him to grab a new suit especially it's not like oh he only had the one suit that was destroyed by doomsday he walked he by like eight suits. different suits in the suit in the well he, he even had the he had the original kind of just you know red and blue superman yeah. suit that was in the background um, right that didn't really serve any like true purpose the only thing i would say is that like maybe it was cl- more closely related to his father's suit so maybe it was like something of like I'm I'm I kind of like fair. adapting to my Kryptonian, you know, legacy. Um, that that's fair. So, um, but but that's a little bit of headcanon. See, I had to make that up in my head. It wasn't like told to me or like there was no, subtext. Well, I made it well, up. But there's the well, but there's also the father's monologue. So I mean, per, perhaps yeah. maybe I just bring. I I'd, I'd buy that. All right. Yeah, I, I'm I okay really with a little bit of headcanon. I, you know, I don't want to do that the whole time. That means you didn't write a story. Well, but look, because because there's a difference. Because <laughs> there's a difference between headcanon being like, oh, this is a callback to comics or you know, maybe this makes sense. You could theorize versus headcanon being like something like Donnie Darko, where you have to go read the, you know, the, the mantra, the, you know, the philosophical handbook in order to understand that movie, which is just dumb. But, uh, and also while we're talking about that, um, an exclusion of in the, from this movie from Joss Whedon's that was amazing was just the, the riddance of, uh, of cyborgs booyah. So there is there is no booyahing in this movie, which is a win. <laughs> well, I mean, the boo is part of the character. You know, what I mean, it's his, it's his catchphrase, and it's, I like it. I would have been fine with it. It's not that that it happened. It's it was the most awkward. Yeah. Look, look. Obviously, with 
kind of both these hand in hand, finding out that Joss Whedon's a total jerk bag and Zack Snyder's Justice League being released, like it's obvious that he had it out for Ray Fisher. So and that we should believe we should believe things that he has to say about Joss Whedon. Yeah, I yeah, I think so with everything that's come to light to to yeah. kind of dabble in that. Um I know a lot of people have been like, Oh, he was he was saying so and so. It's like but there's just too much. I don't want to go too much into it, but there's just too much there's too much baggage there to not believe him. Let's just say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Too, there's I, too there's too many receipts. There's, sec- <laughs> there's a I paper trail. <laughs> yeah. Um All right, uh, keep going. What are, what are some other things? I think Wonder Woman is used highly effectively in this film. Uh I, I love her. I can get that's why I fell in love with the character. Uh, I think the only thing I I'll go a little bit into a negative because it's related. I don't like her voiceover. I don't think her voiceover is very effective. I don't she's not the greatest at, at doing voiceover. Um, so I think it kind of like undercut that sequence of the flashback a little bit because she's just not strong in that respect. I think she's a, a great physical actor and I think she did like she emotes really well. And yeah. I just generally, I generally like her. She has a lot of charisma. Um but yeah, I just don't think she's very she seemed bored. Man. Like she seemed like she seemed like um like Blade Runner uh bored as far as like Harris, Harrison Ford <laughs> delivering, you know, deadpan dialogue because he doesn't want to do it. Uh it kind of felt like that. T- tell you what, about Wonder Woman. Um I really like how she's used in this movie. But watching this movie made me hate Wonder Woman 1984 just just even more because makes me sad. because of because <laughs> of the things that happen that make no sense. Like it to me, the only way Wonder Woman 1984 makes any sort of sense is if it exists in a parallel universe. It's a and fever dream, <laughs> and if they establish that, it's still not a good movie. Yeah. It's it's only going up a little bit. But my biggest problem in the movie is there just. Polar opposites, from what I heard. When you when you see it, man, we're gonna have, we're gonna go off on on Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four a lot harder than we're going off on this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I think you should generally watch it. That should be an episode of like us like dissecting. I think it'd be really good. <laughs> uh, I, I'll probably have thoughts. Um, yeah, uh, we'll get there. Also, I'm sure. Also, Aquaman was a joy to watch. I feel like I had more time to do stuff. It, it made it made me care about him. I, I I felt that he was somewhat invested in humanity, but he's conflicted. Um, yeah, it came off pretty well, and plus, just Jason Moore is a joy. Like, I'll watch him in anything. Like, I'll probably even watch The Witcher season two because he's going to be in it, even though I don't really like the first season. But oh, you hated the first season, I remember. Not a big fan. I just think it's lazy. Um, just typical, typical fantasy garbage that doesn't have any substance. But that's just me. Uh, I thought like, we we touched on uh, Steppenwolf. Yeah, his armor is amazing looking. He's way more impressive and intimidating looking. The voice modulation is done really well for him. I feel like it really helps. Uh, I prefer the opening in this film. I like the Superman crying out in pain. It, it kind of triggering the mother boxes. And like It's like the, the scream heard around the world. God, I thought it was fine. really well yeah. done. I, better than a, a mustache. <laughs> a yeah. mustache CG. Look, yeah. I, I kind of I like the idea of the kids found footage film. But sure, yeah, I, I really like the idea of, um, of the... Um, the, the the Superman scream awakening the mother boxes and calling out Darkseid and now Darkseid knows there's no knows there's no Kryptonian so yeah, yeah. Um, I'll agree with that uh, I thought the third act was very strong in comparison to the theatrical cut uh, yeah for sure for I, sure Batman was used well he had a plan um, not only was a person executing a plan but he actually contributed to the team a lot uh, other than I, I felt like in the Josh Whedon cut. He was dad joke Batman. That's all he was. He told bad jokes and he got beat up a lot. 
And yep. as a Batman fan, I don't want to see that. That's he's supposed to be able to go beyond what his human capabilities. So I'd like unless to see the entire DCEU is a little lighter, then yeah, yeah. And it's uh, not though, and it's just. Uh, and, I, and I wanted to make a point too that because uh, since you were we were just talking about um, Darkseid uh, and uh, and Steppenwolf, um, Steppenwolf is actually a character in this movie. He's really fleshed out. He's really thought about. You understand his motivations, things like that. Um, in you know, in in uh, Joss Whedon's Justice League, he's just uh, um, a, a, a I'll go back to the, uh, he's a stock bad guy that could use a little lotion. And, yeah, he's um, a he's a dude. Yeah, and uh, he he exists for sure. Uh, but in this one, like he's actually a person. You understand why he's doing things. Um, the 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 emotions um, that that he gives off, um, I think, are done really well. Sometimes you can see, like, any time that Darkseid disapproves of him, um, you I, see the pain on his face, like a like a yeah. like a kicked puppy. Like it's it's really effective. Yeah, uh, I would like to, to know a little bit more, like what got him into hot water, like what he actually did to deceive Darkseid, where he like fell his his his, his good graces. So, I mean, in a four-hour film, I kind of expect you to kind of dabble in that, but you guys didn't. I was like, all right, that's I fine, feel like but... it was explained, but it was just, like, hearing on, and I don't remember. But it's been since this movie came out that I've seen it. I think, so. he, pulled like a, I think he pulled, like, a Starstream. Like, he kind of, like, went out of his lane and tried to become the de facto leader, maybe. That's what um, I got from that. Yeah, I think he, I think he tried to become the right-hand man. Yeah. Yeah, something I like that. I could be wrong. To over overstepped a little bit. Uh, I'll go into a couple more positives and I'll start dabbling my negatives. Uh, it did pique my interest in seeing more of the Snyderverse. I think we both kind of agree with that. I think I was like, I'd like to see more of this. This is this is. I think this could become a lot better. I think it's a good start, but I think it could definitely be fleshed out. Look, uh, you and I have talked about how I've said Snyder's a better cinematographer than a director, and you kind of agreed with me when we were talking about Three Hundred. Well, I would, like um, strongly agree with you. I think, I okay. think as a director, he's he's fine. Like, yeah, I think I think once he's given like a solid piece of uh, of material to work with, something that's like already solidified, like a book or a comic book, he does yeah. it. He does it pretty well. Or if he has like a good script backing it, like when you had James Gunn, you know, write uh, Dawn of the Dead, he he executed that effectively. Like, yeah. it, it, it's a great looking film, arguably his best film. As we talked about, arguably, um, um, and uh, so, but I, but I wanted to mention that just because, like, I feel like he could he could also take a Kevin Feige role, and that would be okay. Just kind of an overseer, uh, you know. Just like I, I know, I said he's not a great like storyteller, but at least like if he could be like, all right, so here's where we want to go, like get us from here to there. And then you hire screenwriters to actually take care of how you get from here to there. But at least well, if like, he's like, an him, overall visionary, yeah, have and, him and, the and roadmap he, for it. Have it, have him like lead the roadmap and have him, you know, even like give visual input. Like, you know, yeah. like I know, I know Feige has a lot of input on, on the MCU and, but like higher screen, you know, but like, you know, Feige's gone to Chris Marcus and Stephen McFeely for a lot of scripts, get Snyder to oversee some script writers and be like, all right, here's where we are. And here's where I want to go. Make this happen. I think it's a good idea, man. He's, he, I think he's very close to being, I'm not going to say on par with George George Lucas because I don't think that's a fair comparison. But I think he's the same type of person where he's a good idea man. He has some good no, ideas. I'm going to back your George Lucas comparison uh, because I think that the the prequels are definitive proof that um, <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> sorry George I'm... Lucas is is a good filmmaker, 
but he's somebody that needs to be told no. He's somebody that needs a Lawrence Kasdan in there that's like, hey, but what if we did this instead of your stupid thing? Uh, and, he, and he needs somebody <laughs> in there um, to really kind of kind of take the reins on that. And look, I get that that's the whole point of this movie was that nobody told Snyder no on anything, but that causes problems. But they should have. Yo, look and look. Christopher Nolan needs to be told no once in a while too. Like this, yeah. th- every director needs to be told no. <laughs> Tarantino should be told no a little bit more often. You know, like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think every director has that has that room to to kind of grow and have somebody just kind of like not placate to their needs. So, yeah, I, I definitely yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm on the same train of thought. Uh, yeah, I'll go to a few more positives and I'll, yeah. I'll get into these negatives. I do have negatives. I, I took a lot of notes as well. Um, it still made me that's love. Yeah, that, no, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it still made me love Henry Cavill as Superman. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people don't like his version of Superman. I get it. It's not your, you know, it's not your grandfather's Superman. But I, I, I think there's something really interesting you could flesh out there with a Superman who's who's kind of troubled and like trying to find his footing in the world and like people discriminating against you because you're not human. You know, what I mean? there's something. I think I think with with a talented screenwriter, you could do a lot with that. There's, there's so much you could do with it. Yeah. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, I felt like everyone on the team contributed. It felt like the Justice League. It felt like these people worked together and they, they were working through their problems. Um, and it kind of essentially felt like kind of like the first Avengers movie um, where it's like, you know, you kind of kind of see the ebbs and flows of being part of a newly assembled team and like trying to get the, you know, trying to get the band together. Uh, I think they did that well. Uh, I was a big fan of that. Uh, yeah, now I'm going to go with some negatives. Uh, I feel like Darkseid is just a hugely weak villain in this. He has nothing to offer this, both physically and like mentally, nothing. Like Darkseid literally gets beaten down by three people. Granted, they're three powerful people, but you shouldn't even be able to make him bleed. Mm-hmm. You should make him strong. Like when you watch Thanos, Thanos for so many films just sits on a chair. You're like, who is this guy sitting in a chair? And he'll do one thing like, he'll say, obey the star streams in your blood. And for some reason, I believe it. <laughs> I just believe it. And then when you yeah. introduce them in Infinity War, he's literally carrying Thor by his head and dragging him. And it's like, what better setup yep. is that? And they're like, oh yeah, guess what? Well, and, and he's going to beat up the whole flashback. <laughs> Well, and you and you get the flashbacks of him manually killing half of the life on the on the on planets, like yeah, and like that's a powerful guy. Yeah, and literally he has like all yeah. these people. And you see him, him, and you see him. You just get the when you see him fighting on when you when you see him fighting on Titan, and and he's like all that for a scratch. You're like, how are they gonna kill this guy? <laughs> yeah, literally all that for a drop of blood, and you're just like, oh. <laughs> Like, it's like, and then, like, to, to go yeah. back to it, that same scene, they call him the Hulk. The Hulk comes in, and you, like, think for a glimmer of hope. You know it's not going to happen. You're in the first act of the movie. But there's always that inkling, like, maybe the Hulk could, yeah. like, scratch this out. And then, and then his right-hand man's just like, let him have his fun. And that's when he just tur- ramps up and turns into a prize yeah. fighter and just destroys I mean, you, the you Hulk. Hope it, you hope at least... <laughs> You hope at least Hulk might be able to make him retreat for a hot second, but um, but yeah, I mean, he I, I don't think nose. I had as much of an issue with that as <laughs> I, I don't think I had that as much of an issue with uh, with Darkseid um, as you did, at least in terms of him being weak. But 
for but sure now that i'm thinking about it for how much he has talked up for him being the leader of somebody even his powers full of steppenwolf for somebody who in the flashbacks on uh on amazon and uh, in, in amazon like is incredibly powerful you shouldn't probably be a little bit more to match that power you know right um unless he was sitting on a chair eating cheetos for the last however many years which <laughs> he wasn't i was he wasn't um I, and i want to all right i want to i want to i want to talk about this here too um cuz i'm in negatives now too um and i have 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 things it's just 7 um and this is going to be one of them I fundamentally completely disagree with the idea that the Justice League cannot win without Superman. That the Justice League needs Superman. I fundamentally disagree that any one character has to be a part of the Justice League in order for them to succeed. So I hate that both versions of this movie shove it down our throat that they cannot win without Superman. This one does it less than the Joss Whedon cut, but this one annoyed me more. I fundamentally disagree that you need Superman. And there are plenty of comic stories where Superman's not in the Justice League. Um, and, and And again, I feel like Avengers is going in a direction where... There is no Tony Stark anymore. There is no Steve Rogers anymore. There is, I mean, I guess there was supposed to be no Vision, and now kind of who knows. Um, but you know, you're, there is theoretically no Black Widow, right? You're gonna have Spider Man and Scarlet Witch. Like you don't need Iron Man. The first two Avengers movies didn't have Ant Man in them, and Ant Man was the lead of the Avengers in most of the comics. Like, right? And um, you played an integral role in in you know Captain America: Civil War. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So. <laughs> So, now, one thing I do think is better is that the Justice League without Superman really stands their own in this version, where in the Joss Whedon cut, they just get their asses straight up kicked, and then Superman comes in, and it's a complete 180, and he just, like, without even blinking, just annihilates everybody, and I freaking hated that. I hated hated it so much, but, so I liked the idea that they were able to stand on their own. Um, and even and then even with Superman, they still weren't able to win, and they needed Flash to 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 run on the Speed Force. But um, either way, I fundamentally hate the idea, uh, disagree with all that good stuff um, that you need Superman. Um, you can want Superman, but you you shouldn't need anybody. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to help the so, situation, but he he doesn't he doesn't need to be there. Like, uh, I mean, they even kind of like. They kind of hinted that too, because like Wonder Woman is probably just as strong as Steppenwolf is. But I like—I kind of liked in the story. There's yes. a new positive that's forward in my head. He's goading her the whole time. He's like telling her that her family's dead. You know, just trying to do anything to make her so angry that she just cannot focus on the actual fight at hand. I like that. I thought that was really cool. I, that's what I got from that. Him like taunting her. Yeah. I'm like, I was like, that's cool. I was like, that's good. He should do that. He's a He's the villain. He should have some better intelligence about him. You know, just physical capabilities. But yeah, I just thought the dark side was super weak. Especially sure. the dark dark side from the comics. He's God tier. He's so powerful. It's ridiculous. Like you can't touch him. Like it takes like whole teams to take him down. And he gets cut by an axe. It gets shot by lightning bolts from Zeus. And then you know, some random random Nordic guy like is able to wound him. It just seemed really weird. It just I was like, and I get it because like. That position was swapped out because that wasn't Darkseid originally. That was Steppenwolf in the in the film. 
in that version of, of uh, the theatrical cut. Uh, they they replace uh, yeah dark side with Steppenwolf and vice versa. So I don't know. I just I don't think he's a very powerful character figuratively or physically. Uh, I felt like Martian Manhunter was kind of wasted. Like you said, he could have been just at the end. I would have been totally fine with that as a stinger. I don't think he needed to be there to really well, serve the purpose. And I but and I like how. I like how he ex- kind of explains why he's not a part of it. He's like, I didn't believe in humanity. And since he's a character coming back from Man of Steel, like, okay, Makes I sense. believe that. He's yeah. like, I don't believe in hand- humanity. I don't, I don't know that they're worth saving. But now, based off of your actions, like, cool. It, this you, You've you acknowledged um, the Martian Manhunter's existence. And you've acknowledged his, um, you know, why he wasn't around. So, Yeah, I like mean, uh, yeah, I think... It, like I said, we talked about it earlier. The biggest sin was just really undercutting that scene. Like that scene was beautifully written, it was beautifully performed, and you took me out of the scene as soon as you you made that swap. Like it just made no sense. It's like that. That's where you tell it's, Snyder no. It's, you, you tell him no. You're like no, because this it will, is <laughs> this will ruin this moment. E- easily the worst the worst thing about this movie to me. Yeah, easily think, the worst no, thing about this it, movie. Yeah, to, to me to me as well cuz I'm all about like really big moments and like oh, very hold on, emotional hold on. heartbeat. Second about. second worst thing. Well, what was your first? S- second worst thing. I'll get to my first. Oh, okay. I'll okay. get to it. Uh yeah, let me uh let me go through the rest of these. Uh where you touch upon uh Gal Gadot, I thought her voiceover was kind of clunky. Um, first half of the movie is stronger than this, the later half in my opinion, even though we kind of swapped on that. Uh Far too much slow mo. You could actually cut twenty four minutes out of this movie, despite cutting down the slow mo. Um, from what I've read, so that is that is definitely a note that I had. This is uh, very much Snyder needs to be told no. And look, some of the snow slow mo makes sense. I kind of like slow mo in a lot of situations, but there is a six second shot of a sesame <laughs> seed in slow mo, which, by the way, is horribly CGI'd. It looks terrible. <laughs> it looks like PlayStation 1 graphics. So uh, why not cut out that six seconds? Yeah, slow-mo overkill, for sure. Um, to me, way more than 300 or Watchmen or um, yeah. you know, Dawn of the Dead. This this is this is Zack Snyder at his Zack Snyder-iest. It, it, uh, it felt very... Which, like, again, was the of point himself. of the movie. Yeah, it felt like a parody of himself yeah. at that point. I was like, what is this? But... Like you said, in some moments it was really key and like cool. Like I still like the moment where he like yeah. Flash recovers the sword and like taps it back at. I was like, all the slow mo stuff, save that for the Flash. Flash is all the slow mo stuff because he's moving so fast. Well, you know what I mean. Okay, like, so <laughs> so this isn't one thing that I had written down, but this is a negative that I have about the movie is is kind of that that idea that <clears throat> I get why it's why I understand why you put all, all of Flash's scenes in slow mo. Because he moves so fast that, you know, you want that kind of that slow-mo there. Um, but I would like one real-time scene. Like, just one of the fight sequences where we see him just, you know, zooming around and we can only see the the fragments of, of, of his color. Like, it would be nice to see one of them. Um, yeah, like, just see the just lightning one. bolts. Just like him just, like, darting across and hitting people and then just back yep. in position. Like, no one even notices. Uh, yeah, so, uh, and, and funny, uh, a minor thing to touch upon since we're talking about that, I still don't like the Flash's run. I get what they're going for. He's supposed to be like a speed skater. I just prefer if he just ran like the Flash, if he just ran really fast. You know, he, they, they got some good uh, reference footage yeah. maybe from like a really good speedrunner like, you know, uh, 
I'm drawing a blank right here for the the really famous speedrunner, but like like Usain Bolt, yeah. If he had the Usain ran Bolt. like Usain Bolt, he had like beautiful running like when I watched Captain America run, I was like, I want to run like that. He runs like has great running form, it looks cool. I don't want to run like the Flash. He just looks weird. It just doesn't look good. It's not pleasing to the eye. It's not I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, the last two things, uh, I thought the epilogue, was, I hated it. This might be the worst part of the, I hate the whole future epilogue thing. I think it's terrible. You need to quit with, with Jared Leto as Joker. I think he's just abysmal. And it was just horrible. I, not a huge fan of it. They should have ended the film on the, the triumphant epic okay, uh, hero shot, and they could have been done with the movie. Yeah, um, one of the notes I have is this movie has more endings than Lord of the Rings Return of the King. <laughs> that's uh, pretty that's impressive, too. That's definitely a Snyder needs to be told. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's a good that's note. I like that. I love that. No. Um, I liked the the injustice scene. I liked the Superman's evil at some point. I feel like this, like that scene, is the opening scene for what would have been his Justice League three, and like so, Justice League two is how did we get here, and then three is injustice, and uh, um, I loved what that sets up. Um, I don't understand the um, the character combination, um, and I don't think you could convince me to understand it. Uh, they're in the middle of the desert. Why is Mira there? Um, how did uh, Batman yeah. convert Deathstroke? And I get that Deathstroke's kind of fights both sides since he's a mercenary. Um, but also, I hated the look too, of him. So I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sold on Joel Mangello as uh, as Deathstroke. Um, oh, I just like Frank like Grillo as Deathstroke. Uh, I, I like the idea of him. I just didn't 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 you know didn't want to fit the bill. Um, or I'd love to see man get an actual martial artist in there. Give get put something like a Ico Uwais in there. You know, um, that'd be insane. Get the guy from the raid to, to yeah. Play I'm this I'm, I'm good. With, yeah, I'm good with I mean, a swap like that, especially like especially him. His work is like not amazing. not like the right. That dude is great, and he's a good actor yeah. too. Like, yeah, I think I think, I think yeah. for the for the type yeah, for of sure. genre stuff he uh, does, he's a good actor. Um, uh, yeah, that's what I yeah, got for and, negatives. Uh, you know, I. Okay, um, I'll I'll hit on three more. Um, again, Snyder needs to be told no. Um, the corral of women around Aquaman. Um, oh, actually, sorry. Yeah, I didn't need that. <laughs> I actually put that in there. Uh, I said I strongly dislike the extended scene of Arthur swimming back into the sea, singing, chanting women, okay. and one of them was sniffing his sweater. It was creepy. <laughs> <laughs> if a dude would have done that, that would have been creepy. I was like, me and my friend were watching, and we're like, that's just creepy. I was like, yeah, it's really creepy. Yep. It, yep, it reminded sure. me of Midsummer. Uh, my buddy Jordan said that, and I was like, "Yeah, it's kind of on point." Uh, well, and really that weird. was this—that was the scene that never ended. Uh, yes. Which is which we were talking. It should be noted. Look, there is no reason this movie needs to be four hours, uh, but it didn't feel like four hours to me. It felt like a two forty-five three. Um, this felt like like the Same. length of this felt like the length of like Django Unchained. It's got good pacing. I'll give him yeah. that. Oh, that's another positive. I think it has good pacing. But but you cut out. Look, I, if I made my own edit of this movie, and I know a lots of people are making their own edits of this movie, I'm not going to because I don't you know, know how or anything. <laughs> I don't want to take the time to do it. Right? Um, I'd I'd cut out that. Um, I would shorten Aquaman's whole intro. I think what we got in the Joss Whedon cut was fine. Um, yeah, I, I would so completely cut the corral. I would I would cut the whole Barry saves Irish. That that's a good director's cut scene, but not a not necessarily needs to be in the final product. Um, and, and, I, and I would aim, I would aim to make a theatrical cut, not a not a director's cut. So, 
Um, yeah, yeah I, I cut out that five seconds of Martian Manhunter after the the really touching scene. I'd cut out. I've cut out a lot of the last forty minutes, but my, um, my buddy pointed out, and I agreed too, that uh, they should probably cut out the scene with kind of Bruce just like riding on the horse in the intro. Like, we don't we we, we could just have a really great establishing shot. Yep, and we don't need him just riding the horse. Like, yep. yeah, it, there's just so much other time you could you know time's a waste, and you could probably use that more effectively. Uh, yep. Um, uh, let's see, uh, the, the soundtrack, uh, being hit or miss, um, I said hit was the flash saving Iris, uh, miss for sure is Aquaman, um, after the fisherman rescue, big miss for me. Um, although, although in the theatrical, uh, icky thump being played there also a miss. So we're going from a miss (laughs) to a miss. That's, uh, that's fine. They should have just scored it. Like, or, or you don't need to see that, right? Like, or you just, yeah, like, you know. You, or, or it doesn't need to be as long. So, you, so yeah, you score it, right? It was a vanity um, you, scene. Like, someone should have told Snyder no on that, too. Dude, this whole movie's a vanity movie. Anyway. Uh, uh, no, yeah. Yeah, let's yeah, let's not cut to the chase. Yeah, it's a complete vanity project. <laughs> All right, my last two notes. Uh, number one is, look, for, for three years, we have been promised that Cyborg was left on the cutting room floor and that Cyborg is the heart of this movie, and that's why Joss Whedon's movie has no heart. Look, he has some heart, but if he's the heart of this movie, this movie has barely any heart. Um, his story's tragic, but he's not the glue that holds together. Look, look, Phil Coulson is more effective at being the heart of a movie in Avengers than Ray Fisher was at in Cy- as Cyborg in this movie. I did. I never felt that he like. He, I felt that he was like the only person that really had a, a a meaning or anything like that. But like to say he was the heart of the. I, I completely disagree with that. I, I, I at no point felt he's the heart of this movie. He experiences the most pain and tragedy, but that doesn't equate to is the heart of the movie. I, yeah, I, I would agree with that too. I don't think he's, uh, and, I, and I'm not, I'm not using this as like being being mean or slanderous, but he's he's not the heart of the movie. But I feel like the team as a whole props him up and like helps him during a really horrible time in his life. Yeah, and I like that. I think that's great, but that doesn't make you the heart of the team. It, what it makes you is a very empathetic and sympathetic character. Like I, 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 I'm rooting for you. I want you to come back to humanity. I want you to, I want you to be part of the team. You know what I mean? And you, and you get to see that happen. And I think it's really beautifully executed, but I don't think he's like the heart and soul of the team. Like a Colson where it's like, he's like bringing these, these guys together. You know what I mean? Like bringing this, this impossible yeah. team together. They're helping him out. You know what I mean, and you know, and vice versa. Like it's a it's a give and take relationship. You know what I mean? No, look, if you, if if you don't capitalize your campaign three years saying Ray Fisher's underserved and he's really the heart of this movie, like, like maybe I'm a little bit more inclined to be like, sure, he was a heart of the movie, but like, look, I, I think a, like a great example is something like Mark Ruffalo in, in Spotlight. Like, sure, dude experiences some tragedy, but um, but nowhere, you know, not nowhere near the effect. But like in Spotlight, his 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 character is the heart of the movie because he cares the most. Uh, because he's the one that's like, at all costs, this needs to stop. And he's the one that like really brings you back into uh, back into like. Sure, a lot of these people are writing a news report, but for him, it if if the news report all of a sudden gets cut, you that guy is getting some brass knuckles and he's gonna go full Hugh Jackman and prisoners on on some people, right? Like he is for sure the heart of that movie. Um, I at no point felt. Again, tragic, um, empathetic. He's a he's a, tra- he's, a tra- he's a tragic hero. Like I would yeah. put it more as that. He's a tragic hero who's like trying to trying to kind of reassemble his life, 
and these horrible things have you know have transpired. And that's great. I think they did that you know exceptionally. Um, yeah, and I think yeah. Ray, Ray Fisher's performance is great, and they did give him a ton more to do, which I really appreciated. Yeah, um, and, yeah, and I'd like to see more cyborg. Yeah, and I, and I would like to see more Ray Fisher. Uh, I know he kind of got blacklisted after speaking out against Joss Whedon, but I, well, I really hopefully hope that, that will retract. You know, hopefully. yeah, I really hope that Hollywood make amends with that and uh, and get some more roles because um, he was a nobody when he was cast, and he dude dude showed he can do it. And you know, I now that turns out all he was saying is true. You know, like yeah. Yeah, give please, please, uh, more Ray Fisher. All right, and my last note, and you already touched on this, and I'm gonna have to censor myself. Is it is, it, is it okay if I touch uh, like one aspect of uh, Ray Fisher's character real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I to, to talk more about his acting. I I love the scene in the car when his his dad didn't show up to his game. Like he never has time to show up to his games. I think everyone's kind of been through like a situation like that where like maybe you had a busy parent who can't be there, and like they're they're there. You know, they're not there for the for the for the wrong reasons at all, but it was cool to see him in the car and he kind of like breaks down almost like a child. Cause he is still a kid. You know what I mean? He's still like in college and he kind of does this turn and like cries and like, she's like, no, no, it's okay. Like trying to console him. I was like, that's a beautiful piece of acting. Like people have been through that. You know what I mean? Like something that's yeah. like so heart crushing that like you just kind of like turn back into a kid. You know what I mean? It's just so emotional. And uh, I thought that was really well done. And this is a testament to his acting. And like you said, I hope, I hope he, is not blacklisted any further in Hollywood. I think he's a great actor and he's a lot to offer. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, my very last note, you already said it, um, and, and we're going to get here. And look, I'm going to censor myself on the podcast uh, in the editing process because I cannot let this go unsaid without the exact <laughs> may I mean it. I f- hate Jared Leto's Joker. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am like raising my hands in the air. He is awful. Okay, okay, here's here's my problem. Uh, with Suicide Squad, he is not the problem with that character. The problem is the art direction, the editing, the writing, and the costume yeah. design. He is the only thing that's kind of working in, in that character in that movie. That's still questionable, Maya. And, and, so, and so I was totally for Jared Leto coming back. And... Much like we've said about this movie, this is nobody told Snyder no. Nobody told Leto no. They completely change up the makeup, the hairstyle. Look, it it looks way too much like Joker from The Dark Knight. Like, yeah. you know, so like that's a problem in and of itself. Um, but uh, I 100% know I kind of like the script for this character. But Jared Leto is absolutely the problem. His laugh is the most atrocious thing I have ever heard. And, like, look, I get the point of Joker's laugh is supposed to be unsettling. But unsettling in a different way. Not, you know, not, like, glass to my ears. Like, I really want to fast forward and put this on mute. But it's more so, like, supposed to create a tension of, like, oh, this man is insane and he's going to do something crazy. Not, like, this man makes me want to reach for my remote and put on mute. Or plug my ears or something like that. I... I hated him so <laughs> so much. Me too. He is by far the worst part of this movie. I, I have um, to say that is probably the worst part of the movie. I, I think we yeah. both, but I think we both agree upon that. Yeah, pretty strongly. And gosh, it's just it, it's 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 especially it's it's to me especially every time he laughs, it's so drawn out, it's so so placed, like it's gosh, grating I, in a bad way too. It's like really grating and like. Stop. Like, stop laughing. When If I ever made my own cut of this movie, for sure, like, I'd keep the end scene. I would just cut him out of it. I might um, cut the whole thing. I just don't like it. Plus, I don't like Mira's accent. Where does the accent come from? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. 
<laughs> Especially because that was reshot later. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and and look, here, apparently this this there are so many controversies around all of this stuff now too. Like, like don't don't bring back Amber Heard. Like, Don't. especially, like, this was a reshoot. Like, no, like, you, you recast her. Give me an, uh, you know, an Emily Blunt or, like, Anna Kendrick maybe, right? Like, like give me give me literally anybody else. Give me somebody that's not a I, I would pariah. definitely take Amelia Clark. I think, I think that chemistry yeah, would go off that, really I mean, well. that's, a, that's, a, that's, yeah. that's a good call. A Game of Thrones reunion. Yeah, be cool. that'd be a good call. Um, you know, they have and, chemistry and Amelia, already, too. And Amelia Clark's not like the best actress in the world, but she deserves better than the movie she's gotten. So yeah, I, th- I think uh, she's good. She's fair. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, like, don't bring back Amber Heard. D- don't hire Amber Heard. You know, we should hold her to the same standard that we do Kevin Spacey. Don't hire Kevin Spacey anymore. Yeah, and, and she's a bad actor too. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be apologetic. Yeah. She's not a good actor. She has no yeah. chemistry. Like, literally, in Aquaman, uh, Jason Momoa carries all those scenes that they're that they're in with each other. Like, he carries that entire they load on his back like the entire like weight <laughs> yeah that sounds about right oh we did it um look i just want to re-emphasize i had a lot of things that i wanted that i said about this movie that i really didn't like i want to re-emphasize i think i'm a low side of okay um i i think there's a lot about this movie that works i just chose not to talk about the things that are in here that really work from Joss Whedon's version. Uh, Cause I wanted to still kind of try to contain our conversation um, to, uh, you know, we've been talking for probably an hour on this movie and uh, um, you know, I, so I, I tried to, I tried to do my best to strictly talk about this movie and, and the changes. And so I really, I think some of the only anyway um, point is um Point is, there are more things about this movie that I like. I, I, I'm with you. I like Henry Cavill Superman. I really like Batfleck. Um, I really like Jeremy Irons. Yeah, um, me too. All, Commissioner all Gordon was pretty useless. Um, I'm still not on the Ezra yeah. Miller train, <laughs> but it's only because I think Grant Gustin is perfect as the Flash. Um, I, I think Ezra Miller is fine. It's just that Grant Gustin's perfect. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Jason Momoa is great as Aquaman. Uh, Gal Gadot is still excellent. Um, there's lots of things to really like about this movie. Um, there really is. Um, and again, WB is completely stupid for not continuing the Snyderverse. And, you know, it's, it's only going to cause more problems, both in terms of story wise, storyline, as well as fan reaction. So, you know, they should, they should restore the Snyderverse for sure. Yeah. I, I agree. And I, I think you can still do your side stories and, and whatnot in different universes. I mean, the new Batman movie is going to take place in and uh, on Earth too. So yeah, completely, I mean, already, completely devoid of the, the main canon. And you, are, so. and you already got Joker that's completely devoid of any canon. You know? Yeah, it's a that's a great movie. Like, I mean, I mean, arguably a really great movie, depending on who you are. I, I mean, or, I mean, I'd argue. <laughs> or or, when, uh, or, when, or when you've I, seen Taxi Driver already, or you know, any of the given related films. But yeah, yeah. Um, Cool. Hey, I think we've I think we've uh, we've talked enough, but I just want to. Um, are you are you recommending this movie? I would. Um, I would recommend it to you, even if you hadn't seen the original cut. I, I think it's worth watching, especially if you're a DC comic book fan uh, or even just a fan of comic book movies. Uh, I, I think I think it's a pretty good movie. I think people are, are being overzealous about how good it actually is. It has a lot of faults, but it has a lot of you know goodwill too built into it. 
Um, it, it definitely better than the theatrical cut. I'm glad he got the opportunity to do so, even despite given the kind of uh, kind of murky situation of, about getting it getting it shot and whatnot with the you know the, the given Snyder bands you know kind of heart kind of harping on DC or uh, DC and Warner Brothers to make this movie. But um, yeah, overall, I'd recommend it though. I think it's a solid watch. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to recommend it as well. And again, kind of, I'm going to have some caveats. Look, if you've seen the Joss Whedon version, skip ahead to part four. Um, Cause you've seen the rest, uh, it, especially if you're not wanting to sit down for a four hour movie, watch the last yeah. two hours. Um, if you haven't seen the theatrical cut, just don't. And, um, yeah. and you can, and you can go uh, just, just watch this one. I mean, you're going to miss some pretty good comedic moments. Uh, like I think the funniest moment to me is, uh, is when Aquaman sits on the 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 lasso of truth, and it's kind of funny. I think I, I think that's a pretty funny scene, uh, but yeah. I, I didn't miss it. Um, no, I didn't miss it either. So I, I I would just skip the theatrical cut and uh, and just watch just watch this version. Um, and you know maybe you know maybe just turn it off before that Jared Leto Joker scene. Yeah, because um, it's yeah. problematic in four or five different ways, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um uh, so I uh, but yeah, I am recommending this movie. I do think it's I do think it's okay. Um so Yeah, uh, I, I think and, we're I think we're kind of in the same boat too. Like I, I kinda like it. You know what I mean? It's, I'd say like a seven. Maybe a six or a seven. I'd like a five. Yeah. Like a five because I, I feel like um like like I said, I feel like for every positive there's a negative and so it just equals out. It, to to me this might be this might be kind of mean, but I don't I don't even think it's as good as most of the kind of mid tier MCU films. Like no, it, I, I I would agree, not, but not even better than the first Thor, in my opinion. It's harsh. Uh, no, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, look, this is better than Captain Marvel, or um, uh, I, I wouldn't say so, but that's that's just my. We'll, opinion. we'll talk about that next month. <laughs> yeah, uh, yo, this is this is better than Thor: The Dark World. Definitely uh, you know. better than Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, so this is this is up, you know, but um, yo, but this is not better. I, I don't think this is better than any of the core Avengers movies. So I don't no. think this is better, but like, this is still fine. And this is, look, uh, this is better than, uh, suicide squad. I'd probably take this over Aquaman too. Um, and, uh, That's and fair. wonder woman, 1984. And, and I'd take this over Batman versus Superman. So this is like mid tier DCEU for me. Um, yeah, but it's fair. Uh, I would say so. Cool. Well, hey, we're going to move on to the B plot. Uh, we're going to do this. I want to do this relatively quickly. Um, and we so spent a lot of know. time talking about uh, Snyder Cut, so and, and that's fine. That's fine. I just yeah. I just want to make sure we do this pretty quickly. Uh, that's I want to know uh, what are some films that you would like to see get the, you know, this director's original version of this movie, uh, the you know the four hour long cuts of existing films, um, director's cuts um, that don't exist, uh, re edits. Um, any anything like that? What are the movies that you really want to see get the, get that work done? Um, well, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna make that caveat that existing footage doesn't have to exist, and or studio doesn't interference doesn't need to be a thing for this. It could just be. I, I would be interested if this movie would have been a four hour movie instead. So um, I have five. How many do you have? Uh, I believe I have six. Okay, then why don't you start, and then we'll do a back and forth. Um, yeah, I have to say like. I have to say, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. It's, it's it's in my top ten favorite films of all time. I love the the superhero. I love just everything about the character and what he stands for, or just what the mantle stands for. Um, so I'd say that just because I just love it. I would love to see a four hour cut of Captain America: The Winter Soldier. I would watch you know 
super old guy. Uh, yep. Yeah. So I'll toss it back to you. Um, look, uh, this is a this is a director's cut that never will exist because Christopher Nolan fundamentally disagrees with the idea of director's cuts. But the original cut of The Dark Knight Rises was about four hours, and the movie, the, the theatrical cut, I feel like definitely suffers for that. Um, it's it's a big yeah. big problem of my with uh, big problems I have with that movie. So I want to see the four hour version of The Dark Knight Rises. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. There definitely is there definitely is plot holes where like how did you get there? You know, what I mean, there's definitely things that, about that movie where like it's a little questionable. Uh, yeah. Uh, for my second one, I put the thing 2011. Uh, I think the movie overall is like pretty decent. Um, I think it would have had a better service to it if there wasn't you know like we said studio interference. They would have used practical effects like they originally did. I think the movie would went off a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I said a thing. 2011. Okay. I've not seen it, so um, I'll take your word for it. Um, I, I will get around to it at some point. I will. Yeah. Um, uh, again, this is a movie that originally existed. The original cut of The Kingsman, The Golden Circle, was about three hours and 45 minutes long. And I really think... Look, I, I, I know we differ on this, but I love The Golden Circle. I probably love it more than The Secret Service at this point. Right. And I think I love it more every time I watch it. Um, but I definitely feel the beginning is rushed. And I feel like a lot of that hour took place in the beginning. Um, and I could, uh, I, I would really, really like to see that four hour cut of, uh, of Kingsman, the golden circle. That's fair. I mean, I, look, I'm not, you I'm not might like it. it. You might like it if it was that four hour cut. Maybe you know, I would give it a shot. If they, if I got another cut of the film, I'd probably give it another shot. Just like they I did with it. the Snyder cut. <laughs> they could do a four hour, they could do a four hour version of any of Matthew Vaughn's films. And I'd be totally down for it. True. Like, What's the next I, one you got? Yeah. Just to touch upon the, the Matthew Vaughn thing. Like until then, like I loved like every single one of his films, but yeah, I, dig- I digress. Um, I got True. right here, uh, Blade Runner 2049. I could just, the movie's already Ooh. super long, but I could use, I'll probably watch an eight hour cut <laughs> of the movie. Like, <laughs> Look, I love the movie. Again, same thing. I'd watch an eight-hour cut of any Denis Villeneuve film, but especially yeah. with one where he spends so much time going into depth with a character and 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 questions of identity and existence and purpose and gosh, I I I really love Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It's like my twenty fourth ish favorite movie of all time, um, and uh, it might be it. it might even be a little high higher than that. I love 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 Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, and I remember sitting at, sitting in the theaters and being like, this didn't feel like a two hour, 45 minute movie. It does. Uh, it, do, it, it does at home. Um, especially well, on rewatches. Yeah. You have the option to kind of like, I've seen this. You have the option to kind of like wander around the house. So like, but, you know. but it's still an excellent, excellent, excellent movie. Um, yeah. so yeah, great pick. I didn't even think about that one. Great. Yeah. Everything, everything you touch upon, it's just so emotionally resonant. And like you said, just the, the whole dilemma of like, what is being human? It's just yeah. so well explored there. Um, yeah. So I say that. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, this. This last one is a cut that, uh, again, according accordingly, um, was was the ori- original. But uh, the original cut of Revenge of the Sith was supposed to be about four hours. And I'll watch look, it. You can tell. You can tell because that tell. movie in in its theatrical form is clunky, and it is so fast. It is too fast paced. Um, because it's literally just a string of action sequences yep. and there's no connective tissue. And look, I, I already buy into Anakin turning evil here. Um, but I, I could use that extra hour. I would really like that. Um, cool. the, the, this is by far the best of the prequels. This is one of the best Star oh, Wars yeah. movies in my opinion. Um, I think it's look, a very it, strong movie. 
Well, if you say there's a four-hour cut of Attack of the Clones, Mike, not interested. Um, <laughs> four-hour no, cut I, of uh, of a Phantom Menace, not really interested. No, I don't, I, don't want, of, I don't want. Yeah, Revenge I don't want of the Sith, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to. I have to agree with that. Uh, I actually really. I probably say I give it probably like a seven in its original form. I I, I enjoy it. I, I for what it's for what it's worth. I like the visuals. I like the whole falling from grace thing. Yeah, I think it's a strong, like by far the strongest out of the prequels. Way better than the first two films. Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. For yeah, sure. That's a good, that was a good pick. I would definitely watch a four-hour cut of that. Uh, my next one I got is David Ayer's cut of the Suicide Squad, which is topical. Uh, uh, I, yeah. I would just like to see his vision. And David Ayer is very hit or miss as far as the director goes. He's been more hit for me than miss. Uh, but recently, I haven't gotten that that type of Ayer movie I know he can make. Like, you know, like a Fury. Like, Fury is amazing. It's probably one of the best World War II movies there is, uh, just for the fact of how gritty there. it is. Um, it's up there. It's so realistic in its approach to, like, not all the Americans are great people. Like, they're shades of gray, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, this so, yeah. Are, are there, like, are there, like, 50-ish, you know, shades of gray? Yeah, there might be 50-ish, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there might be 50. <laughs> uh, look, uh, look, it, I feel like David Ayer just needs to pick a lane. Um, I was talking with a friend about this uh, when we played Xbox the other day because, like, he ke- has kept on saying that, look, he's proud of the theatrical cut. And, look, that's the version he released, and he wouldn't have released it if he didn't like it. So, But he, but he's also like, but this isn't what I really wanted to release. It's like, like pick, pick a lane. Like, either either this is not what you wanted or, you like, you released this willingly. Like... You know, he, he didn't try to take his name off of it. He tried. He didn't try to do a pseudonym. He didn't no. try to. Uh, he didn't. I mean, he, I'm sure he tried to fight back, but he didn't leave the project for creative differences. Like, pick a lane. Um, and and look, it. I would like to see his original version of Suicide Squad. Uh, I really would. Um, but, gosh, I just have some problems. And I mean, yeah, Fury's great, and End of Watch is great, and. I th- and I think that's the only other two I've seen, but I'm not, I'm just not going to watch most of the rest. And, and uh, he's a, he's a great screenplay writer. I mean, training day is like probably like, it's probably one of my favorite films of all the time. Right. It's, it's definitely on the list uh, for sure. I, I don't like it as much as most people do, but I think I came to it way late. So. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, my next one, I don't want a four hour cut of this movie, but I do want a longer cut of the nightmare before Christmas. Um, and it's only like that movie itself is like an hour and 26 minutes. It's really short. Um, I could take two hours. Yeah. I'd take like two hours ish. I'd take two and a half. Maybe, um, most of it is, um, I'm so interested in this world building and we get to see Halloween town and we get to see Christmas town. Like what does independence day town looks like? And what does Easter town look like? And what does Thanksgiving town look like? (laughs) Right. And and St. Patrick's day. Like I want to see more of these worlds and, I get that that was never the intention and it kind of would ruin the um, it would ruin the original intent of mixing, you know, the nightmare before Christmas and somebody who's completely sulking and sad, get to experience joy. Like I get it. Um, I get it. It would completely ruin what makes that movie so special in the original intent and the original vision. But I agree. Yeah. You, you can't just show me a door. I want to see the door. Town. I know. I want to see what's behind that door. Play Brad Pitt. What's in the box? <laughs> but even like, look, I would like to see more Christmas Town because the only time we see Christmas Town is when when Jack's, um, 
when he when he accidentally stumbles upon him there, and then when he takes over Santa Claus. That's yeah, it. That's it. Uh, like, I can spend more time in Christmas Town. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. No, I, I actually that's think it. that's a really strong pick. Like, I love that movie. Like, ever since I was a kid, and then the more I watch it, like, it's a complete opposite of what we talked about with some of the DCU films. It, it only makes me love it more every time I watch it. Like, it feels like a very yeah. special thing. It's very like it's like a warm blanket that you can just like throw over yourself. Like, it's very comfort movie. Um, yeah, yeah that's, I agree. A, that's a that's a great pick. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we, this is a running gag. We keep talking about this movie. I would like a different cut of a poor dark world. I think I think there somewhere in there, there's a good movie, and there's ways to flesh it out. But it's just abysmal. It's it, it, Man. it does nothing for anybody. Speaking of Game of Thrones people that deserve better, Alan Taylor, man, <laughs> he's yeah. got just terrible movies. You know, uh, Terminator Genesis and Thor: The Dark World. Like, yeah, he's really batting a thousand there. He's doing great, <laughs> but but like he's got some <laughs> of the best episodes of Game of Thrones. And he, he was does. involved it's in weird. The, and he was involved in The Wire. Like, man, dude's got some cred. Some people just are not good at doing kind of theatrical, kind of short form stuff. Like sometimes they just need a little bit of time to kind of let yeah. things breathe. And that movie definitely felt like it was like directed by somebody who did tv in yeah. probably the worst ways possible <laughs> yeah i mean look a re-edit of that movie would be nice at least just for the fact that uh that we don't have um you know a very easy to pick on mcu movie you know because like it's really the only one they could really easily pick on again we'll talk about captain marvel in a month but <laughs> <laughs> uh i know a lot of people like to pick on the incredible hulk but i think we both like that more than most people yeah, I, I like. I enjoy it. I definitely like Iron Man two more than most people give it give it crap for. It's not perfect, but it's better. Um, all right, my last one. Um, I'm just in general any time loop movie. Uh, but if you're gonna make me pick one, I'm gonna go ahead and say Palm Springs. Have you seen Palm Springs yet? I haven't. Uh, it definitely seems like something up my alley. Uh, I love uh, Russian Doll, so it seems very kind of comparable. Um, in yeah, the yeah. Places. Uh, yeah. So, like, I guess Russian Doll is kind of that, you know, four-hour cut or five-hour, six-hour cut or whatever. Um, yeah. you, know, I, you could do this with Groundhog Day. Um, you could do this with Edge of Tomorrow. You could do this with Source Code, any sort of, like, time yeah. loop movie. But uh, a slight spoiler for Palm Springs, um, the first day that you meet Andy Samberg's character, the opening, he's supposed to have already lived in this place for, like, three years on a straight loop. Um, it's like, three years, eight years, somewhere. Like, I could, one of the two. That's depressing. Um, so, <laughs> so you are thrown into the middle of this. Like, a part of me loves that about this movie, and so that's why, like, for this one specifically, I've got to give the example of I want this theatrical version, and I want a director's cut. I want them both um, because I, I think there's something really special about the theatrical. But like, I'm interested in seeing more of this character navigate that, and um, I feel like when the uh, we uh, the Krista Milioti character is kind of our surrogate for understanding what's going on and and then all of a sudden once she starts to get a handle on it then we kind of go back to to andy samberg it's like okay but like she's doing a lot of things that they're throwing a lot of montages together so i'd like to see more and then you got this jk simmons character that's stuck in there that's also doing like i, I could explore that world a little bit more right um and it, it'd just be fun it'd be a fun ride um especially if you take something like groundhog's day or happy death day i don't know like i feel like um I, love I feel. <laughs> I love the second one. I think uh, both are like, really good. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like a comedy would work best for this, and I mean, yeah. all all these wind up being serious in some sort of way. But if you just have a straight comedy one, I, I feel like that could be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I think Palm Springs is the most comedy out of out of all the time loop movies I've seen. 
yeah, I think I think I think it's a fair assessment. Most of them have some type of like, there's a little bit of a, a dour note to it, or there's there's something else that they toss in. I think Groundhog's Day is more of a drama than it is a comedy, and I think that's. I think intent. so too. It's it's pretty sad <laughs> when you when you really <laughs> break it down. It's kind of a sad movie. It gets that way, yeah. It's kind of morose. Um, and yeah, your last and, one. Yeah, last one. Oh, uh, I did want to cut you off. I oh no, yeah, no, 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 no worries. Uh, the the Dark Tower, the film. Uh, oh God, yes. There's. There, I feel like if you put the pieces together and you gave it more time to breathe, it could be a really good movie. I think it'd be better served as a miniseries. And I think they talked about doing that initially, but and they wanted to do a miniseries after the fact. But the yeah. ship had sailed, and the, the movie's way too short. I think it's yeah. like barely an hour and a half. Yeah, barely. And you're like, there's so much to explain here, and it's just. I'm like, I I like Idris Elba, and I want to know more about his character, but you're giving you're giving nobody any time to be flushed out. Uh, I like what, what's I going like, on here. <laughs> I like that Idris Elba character, um, but I was more I like the kid by too. The kid's really I good was, too. I was more intrigued by Matthew McConaughey because like we don't get to see him as a villain often, um, and I think he has that like interesting sinister. But yeah, it, it, that whole movie is underserved by editing or a terribly short screenplay because they were trying to set up the series. And then I think they eventually gave up on it and they're like, we're just going to release the movie because we have footage and we have yeah. two A-list actors in our starring. Like, yes, absolutely. Thank you for, for bringing that one up. And look, I'm on record as saying, I, I this might be the first time I'm publicly saying this. And I was having a conversation with Frank uh, the other day. Um, th- I don't hate it. I know a lot of people hate it. I don't. Um, I don't, I, I don't hate it either. Like, I think it's okay. It, it is objectively a terrible movie, but it's got some really interesting visuals. It's got some really interesting set pieces. And I like at least where the story is trying to go. It doesn't, it doesn't get there and it doesn't, you know, really kind of hit a home run, but um, it, it's a, it's a good, like you could, you could do worse. Uh, it's, it's an entertaining time at the very least. Yeah. If I had to give I, it a number score, it's like a four out of 10, you know, it's, I feel like it, yeah, that's about it, where I am. It could, it could be like I'm like I see the promise in the movie. I've only seen it once, but the one first time I saw it I was like, this isn't like the worst thing I've ever seen. But I was just like, there's just so it's so anemic. There's so much at, stuff missing. As you're watching it, you really can feel the the potential that is just not there. It's got a style to it. Like the cinematography is nice, and like that kid yeah. is like a really good actor. Like I'm like, as yeah. far as kid actors go, he's really good. He's got good chemistry with the with the. Um, I forgot what Idris Elba's character was. He's like the he's not the, oh, the gunslinger. The gunslinger. I thought that was really great. Um, and I like Idris Elba and about everything I see him in. Uh, he's fabulous. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, um, yeah, I could have used more um, in general. I agree with that. I told it, it, look if I'm gonna back one out of all the ones that we said for sure, I'm picking the Dark Tower. So it seems like the perfect uh, one to kind of like to cap it off, right? <laughs> It, it does. So release the whatever cut. I don't, I don't remember the director because I don't remember being the name. It's hard to pronounce. Yeah. But release that cut. <laughs> yeah. So. Cool. Well, we, just before we wrap up, we got that one last thing that spin off. So, Joe, what is that one thing in any era cop, pop culture that you really want to tell people to go watch that or to avoid it? Oh, uh, yeah. I have, a, I have a list of things, but I think or I'll to just go pick. experience that. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just pick uh, the one thing. Uh, the Paddington films. Those things are so heartwarming. They're so majestic. They're so well like written, directed, just about every front I can think of. They're just so creative. And if you don't like these films, uh, there's something seriously wrong with your heart. 
or your brain. Uh, they're just beautifully made. Yeah. And they're just they're, yeah, yeah, for sure. They're heartwarming for you know people of all ages and and, and all genders. Like it's just a it's a great time. I watched them for the first time about a year ago, and yeah, they are so 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 good. I think both of them are my favorite hunter movies. Of I all think time. the second one is actually think better than the first one. <laughs> that is all right. So that is not an unpopular opinion. Uh, that is almost everybody's opinion. I have the inverse opinion. Uh, it's totally it's barely, uh, yeah, but I do totally prefer fine. the first one. Um, they're both ten out of tens to me, though. I I think I just think that there's. I think that the second one falls a little bit into cliche, a little bit too much. Um, and I, I feel like the first one is pretty, pretty wholly original and, um, Beautiful I, like, I feel like the second one tried to get a little meta and just, yeah. just it, the smallest bit, the smallest knockoff. I think, I think like I said, that, but they're both 10 out of 10. But sure. Hugh Grant um, is like an absolutely. amazing villain. Like, <laughs> That man is a treasure. Uh, you're great. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Uh, yeah, that's... For sure. For sure. That, that's, uh, all right, do you... That's what I got. Oh, uh, I mean, I have other ones, but... Like, I uh, have... Uh, do you... Let's go to you. It will just do the one. Um, do you do you want me to talk about a documentary or a movie? Uh, let's go documentary. Because we don't, we don't... You don't usually okay. talk about documentaries too much, so that's probably good. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, and I've been watching them a lot more because of uh, going to the gym. They're the perfect thing. They're the perfect thing to throw on. Um, yeah. So, um, I watched um, a a, mo- a documentary that I know is widely considered to be at least in the conversation of the best, and I am here to uh, to second that uh, because I really loved The King of Kong. Um, have you seen this one? Uh, I don't think I have. I'm interested now. <laughs> okay, it's like a. It's like it's it's like a ten year old one ish. Uh, it, it's essentially uh, this follows Donkey Kong, um, the the arcade box. I know, game. I know what you're uh, talking about. It follows about it. Um, <laughs> it follows uh, specifically one person, but really two two or three people that are trying to get the all time highest record um, in in Donkey Kong, and um, and so they set out. They make this documentary crew, and and they I, really get out there. They capture the story. It's it's I a fascinating story. It is really fascinating. I've seen this actually. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a it's it's a great story. Um, the characters are very lovable. Um, the it, it's really cool to watch a bunch of people geek out about video games. Um, that's always really fun. Uh, but there's also a couple moments in there that you're just like, this is some BS. Like, what the crap? Like it. it this documentary will frustrate you. Uh, a documentary about video games will be like, that's not fair. You can't do that. And Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The modifications. Uh, I'm like, you can't, you can't make mods to your board. They're going to use the original no, stuff. It's, so it's, it's the fact that, cause, cause I don't think they ever proved that there was modifications. It just wasn't original board. And so they didn't count the score, but it's the fact that they didn't accept it because it, or they, they went to go investigate everything because he had taped it. And people went to his house when he wasn't there and took apart his machine and all that oh, wow. uh, to you know to confirm um, that that's what that's what it was. But when the previous high um, high score person records himself and sends it in, there's no no fact checking, nothing. And like Some the guy po- has a politicking going on, yeah. History, but, like, 
Exactly. Like, look, look, have your standard and stick to them for everybody. And like, yeah, it frustrated me to no end. And yeah, I gosh, the same I, th- this is this is a really well made documentary. It shows its age a little bit in terms of like, I think it's, um, I don't think it's a four by three aspect ratio. Oh god, we didn't even talk about that with Justice League. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say it now, it didn't bother me. Um, That's fine. It's a. Uh, it didn't bother me. It 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 didn't do anything to add or detract from the movie for me. It was it was kind of a moot point. Um, Same. Not as I, distracting as I thought it would be. I, I didn't think it was necessary at all, but it didn't bother me. So. Yeah. So so King of Kong. Um, it shows its age a little bit. The film is a pretty poor quality. Uh, things like that, but definitely definitely worth seeking. Uh, I I bought it. Um, I don't know where you can find it streaming. I bought it on Vudu. Um, uh, but for sure check out the King of Kong. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a, uh, it's a very Ooh. strong documentary. Yeah. Well, uh, that's a wrap. Quick reminder, Sip Pop Writers Room is part of Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media. And if you're interested in writing for SipPop.com or you want to get in contact with us, maybe send us a question to explore it in the B-plot, you can email us at writersroom at SipPop.com. You can also get in contact with me on Twitter or let, um, at Schweitcastle. Find me on Letterboxd. If you want to support the show, help out with some costs that we save out of pocket, you can uh, uh, Venmo me at Schweitcastle. And please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes while you're checking out things. It helps out the show more than you'll ever know. Um, but uh, but that's things. Uh, Joe, where do you want to send people to? Yeah, I mean, you can follow me on Instagram at the uh, the Star Spangled Avenger if you want to uh, talk about movies. If you want to argue about Captain Marvel, I'm always free for that. <laughs> um, yeah, if you just want to talk about just an <laughs> amalgamation of things. Uh, like I said, I'm interested in a lot of stuff, you know, working out, video games, and, uh, and figures. So, yeah, just hit me up there. Sweet. Well, um, as always, Joe, it's been great having you on. Um, oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate usual. you taking the time. Yeah. Always a good time. Um, let's see. Uh, by the way, his Instagram handle, we'll have it in the description uh, of the show, so you can easily find that. And um, we'll have you back on in a month. And again, we're going to get a you know, not straight to DVD uh, movie for you. <laughs> not not a red box movie. And, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> right, and we and we'll talk about the MCU Phase Three. So, um, I'm excited I think for that. Civil War kicks it off. Uh, no, uh, yeah, yeah, Civil War to um, to Avenger, uh, not, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. We'll, we'll do all of. Wait, or Spider-Man Far From Home kick off four? No, I think I think I think I think it's Endgame is the final because I think uh, I can't remember if it's official. I don't know because Spider-Man Far From Home is so ingrained as a Tony Stark thing. One, I'll figure it out officially, and we'll oh, either oh, be well, talking about. Far from home comes afterward. It, it comes afterward because it's after the blip. Yeah, but far but I don't home. I don't know if they're trying to say kind of like how Ant Man was the end of Phase Two. I don't know. I think um, it's pretty definitive that's the end, but Marvel. I think I think it actually works in the timeline uh, correctly for once for MCU films. Yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, no, Black Widow kicks it off. So um, oh, okay. Spider-Man Far From Home will be, uh, we'll do um, Civil War um, all the way, through, chronologically released all the way through, um, chronologically in release date, not in chronological order. Um, yeah. Spider-Man, or all the way through Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, so all the rest of the MCU movies, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about those and, uh, we'll see you back here in about a month then.